the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And onto this, Conan, destined to bear the jeweled crown of Aquilonia upon a troubled brow. It is I, his chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I just have other shit that I want to do, and uh, I never get around to it. So, like having a place to just like kind of spew all that, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I won't get it. Up. No, that's that's actually perfect. Movie that's um, so like layered. Uh, what you know, it's funny. What it reminds me of is that there was um, there was this podcast that uh, it was like a hundred plus episodes, and it was just about Fury Road. Whoa. They just did it. It was like, I think it was like 10 minutes at a time. No, less than that. Like five or six minutes. Wow. And these were like, all of them were like hour plus episodes. It's insane. And the, and the movie, that movie is that dense. It really is. Like, I believe it. I totally yeah. believe it. Yeah. I totally believe it. I saw that movie and then I like, oh man, I saw that movie in the theater and it just, it takes your breath away, man. It's such a spectacle. It's incredible. You remember that he did like Babe, Babe yeah. City and shit, you know? So my kid was watching that. I think we put on Babe Pig in the City. And usually like when we do movie night, I'll just like pick zone. Yeah. Pig in the City. And then he watched that movie, man. And it's like, like a stack, like an ancient yew tree, man. There's just <laughs> so much going on in that movie. That's just like, yeah, he just, he has that ability to just, you know when people paint and like, but you can just see the the spectrum of colors that they paint with. Yeah. And some people paint with like blue. Yeah. He's one of those dudes who just like layer and layer and layer, layer and layer. layer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny because not only Baby Pig and Seat, he also did Happy Feet, which is fucking yep. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. The same guy. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen. I don't think I've watched that one, but maybe I will now. It's got some. I actually liked it when I saw it, um, but I'm also I'm I'm into watching ridiculous animated movies too. I'm, I'm all for it. See, I'm less I'm less towards the animated stuff, but since I have a three and a half year old, like I can, I'll put. Oh man, that Ghibli movie, um, Kiki's Delivery Service. Kiki's Delivery Service, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh okay, this is I get why people really love this. Yeah. Well, he, him in particular, he, like Miyazaki's, yeah, he's just an incredible filmmaker. Period. Right. Um, I still so, haven't seen Kiki's. Man, it is so lighthearted and just, just um, light. Like it's just light. It's just really, um, light. I don't know how else to put it. It's like a see- angel food cake. 
Yeah, and 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 weirdly compelling the whole time. You, yeah. you would think something something that like almost frivolous would be boring, but it's not at all. Like the it's production very... design and like the universe that they create that of this like European kind of doesn't exist. Amalgamation of all these things, like the way that they said it, is just. It just adds to this too. It's just fun, man. There's not a lot of movies that are just like Kiki's Delivery Service. There's just there's not a lot going on, but it's really compelling the whole time. And the, yeah. the universe building is it's wonderful, honestly. My kid loved it. Did you see uh, Spirited Away? You- I have not seen that one. The only other one I've seen of his is Princess Mononoke, and I don't spend a lot of time in anime or animation, so okay. I I definitely recommend Spirited Away like with your kids okay. probably cool because it's it's okay, this, cool. like it's a spirit bathhouse where spirits that are All dirty right. come get clean and cool it, it gets fucking wild it's really good okay we'll watch it next movie night we're always looking for something we do pizza and a movie every every Saturday night or so <laughs> that's awesome cool. that's the that's the shit I look forward to with having kids I'm like like the the family nights like gathered around Trip, with dude. with food. I can't wait to show him Conan, man. I really can't. <laughs> do you have a do you have an like, age? I can't wait to sit with him. Um no, I don't have a specific number. It's just it's really all gonna depend on he like really loves his mom. Yeah. And when she was <laughs> pregnant this last time, something happened at the end of it and she lost two liters of blood in the her like it wasn't like a big deal. But I mean, she lost two liters of blood, so it's kind of a big deal. But that it wasn't that big of a deal. But she still had to be picked up by EMTs, and he still like kind of reverberates with like there was a lot of blood in the room, and uh, yeah, this would worried. be rough. Yeah, this would be rough. Yeah, right at the so beginning. yeah, so that just that opening scene, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that one part of the opening sequence, like I'll just we'll have to see how he's doing with other stuff. But yeah, it's, I can't. It, it's it's funny, much like. Sooner much like later but much like alien i also saw this when i was like eight or nine <laughs> or something <laughs> like, we yeah. were i was at we were at my aunt and uncles and they 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 were one of the first people they actually had um they had beta vcrs oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Beta and they yeah. had they had this was one of the movies they had someone recorded it for them i think and we put it on and i was just like enraptured and it sort of stuck oh, yeah. in my mind for like years before I actually saw it again. Um, I I didn't see it. I don't think I saw Alien until I was in high school because growing up, we had this girl that kind of lived with us. Her Our parents were firefighters, so they were 24 hours on, 24 hours off. So she would come stay with us while her mom was on shift. And her mom took her to see Alien. And <laughs> she was so fucking scared and <laughs> talking about it and that in turn like scared me away from it really badly and she i remember we we're at the grocery store and there was those horror magazines back in the day and i was like looking through one and she saw a screenshot from alien and like grabbed it out of my hand and like <laughs> don't look at this and then immediately started like looking at it so she was like so i could tell the movie was like had such a grip on her that i just didn't want to chance it for a while so i didn't watch it till high school it's funny because that's that's like uh, I was talking with Tim about this. That that was my response to H.R. Giger, who was the the guy mm. that designed the alien. Was like, 
I was really compelled to want to seek his work out, but it, it fucking terrified me. And yeah, yeah and it's, it's, it's this weird, like, I, I don't know, like the, the call of the abyss or something <laughs> like you just, you know, I think, I think for me, I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, you know, I don't play a lot of video games, but I think before, like, you know what an app and there's parts of the map that are dark until you go there and then they're lit up a little bit and you can kind yeah. of see on the map like what those parts are like that's how these things feel to me like Giger takes you to a place in your imagination that is like so far out here mm. that when you come back like this area of the map is now lit up and you're not mm. quite sure if you're equipped go back there yet so you just like okay well this is over here and when i get like this then i can go back over there like giger is one of those things i think that like really puts you so far out there that coming back is yeah it's it's like an abyss honestly it's like, it's like jumping it's like getting, over an abyss it's like getting the bends coming back yeah yeah <laughs> it is and you can't find and then like try to i don't know about you guys but when I get obsessed with something, I have to like compile it all around me. And how do you like who is enough like him that scratches that itch? So you can't do anything until like nothing else gets you to Giger until you're ready to go back to Giger. It's, he's one of those guys for me too. And I think that's why Alien is the way it is. It's a haunted house movie, basically. And mm -hmm. it's just so, but it takes you so far beyond the boundaries. Yeah, there, there's one artist that's close to him, and it's it's what I would say is he's actually a different territory, but he's similar. Mm. And his name is he's a Polish artist named Beksinski. You yeah, of look, course. Yeah, 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 you know him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, hip. He's he has that. He has he does like the surreal. So like Geiger is really line oriented. You yeah. know what I mean? He, his stuff is really boundaryed out and frames and and. How do you say his name? Beksinski. Beksinski, I think. Beksinski. Yeah. Kind of nebulous. Mm -hmm. As to be a little terrifying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a much more of an ethereal, like, dream world. Yeah, there aren't. Nature. There's no hard lines. There's no, like, you're kind of like, where am I? It's like looking at a Bosch paint, like a, like a <laughs> one section of a Bosch painting. Mm -hmm. it's like where am where where <laughs> are we right now that's how his stuff feels to me but yeah for sure ridley scott man ridley scott almost got this movie actually did he really oh. yeah so oliver stone writes a four-hour post-apocalyptic sword and sorcery conan um and paramount says we'll give you we like this we'll give you 40 million dollars um and then of course like the shenanigans start happening but yeah oliver stone almost directed his screenplay is like armies of mutants and fucking really tanks and laser weapons and shit yeah <laughs> which is weird because he he really did a lot of research like while while he was writing cone he spent like four months writing his screenplay and he read all the howard stuff he read all the, the stuff on Howard that there was at that point. So he really like kind of understood the universe, but then just took it into this weird war area that Stone is prone to do. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He's a war dude. How, sure. much, 
how much is left from his screenplay in their final? That's the thing I don't know. I've never. I done, don't know never... either. <clears throat> I don't know if they would. I don't know if they would say. I know that like, if you watch like The Wind and the Lion, which is like one it, this epic movie that Milius did before Conan, like it's really kind of inflected with his like viewpoint. <laughs> yeah. Conan is a little bit more of an amalgamation of the two. I know he toned it down a lot, and Stone still got credit. Although I don't know if Oliver Stone was like really in there for the final one. Milius was like a famous script doctor in Hollywood. Yeah. Like wrote, wrote, like made Dirty Harry what it was. He wrote the, oh. the USS Indianapolis scene in Jaws, and that was like huh. four pages. And and then him and the actor like got in a room together, and they kind of like whittled it down into this thing. Um, yeah, he, so he's, he's he's like a really famous screenwriter and i don't know i'm sure on the set he was like eh, no, 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 just say it like this say yeah this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's he's an incredible character and it's funny too because he's interwoven with uh both spielberg coppola no spielberg coppola and lucas and there's a, yeah there's they all a, went to school together yeah there yeah and there's a funny story about how um they all invested in each other's movies and he was mm-hmm. making, I forget, it's a surf movie. I forget the name of it. That's what John Millius was, because he's obsessed with surfing. Something um, Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, something Infinite Tuesday, Tuesday or yeah. Eternal Inf- Tuesday yeah, or something. something like that. Yeah, and and so th- so I think, what I, I, is it just like a it, knockoff from Endless Summer? Like, maybe, I don't know. For, forever know. Yeah, Tuesday, it's like, a, like what the fuck? It's like a, it's like a John Millius uh, Endless Summer, yeah. It really yeah. is, though. Um. <laughs> So, so I think I think both Lucas and Spielberg invested in that movie, and then Milius mm-hmm. invested in Star Wars, and I forget what the, I yeah. forget what the Spielberg was, and they, and, he, and both Spielberg and Lucas were like, man, we're gonna take a bath on that. No, 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 they were like, he's really gonna take a bath on this because they were like, he's the genius, yeah. and like his movie's yeah. gonna fucking blow everyone away. And it was the fucking exact opposite. Right, 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 right. Totally, totally. That movie was not promoted at all. And I I feel like something else came out. Movie comes out that's like not the same, but like enough that people aren't going to see this going anymore. To see it. Yeah, it's it's so, funny, but they they all really admired him. They they thought he was he was yo he was the he was the main motherfucking man in their class at USC. Yeah, like everyone was like, this dude is gonna make it, and he the way he carried himself. There's a really good documentary about him. I think it's called Millius. Millius, yeah. really, really worth watching. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. And this guy's just character, man. Yeah, and he's got he's got all these like. Uh, so for those don't know that don't know, um, although I'm not sure how you would be a fan of this movie, not know in the Big Lebowski, uh, John John Goodman's character is based on John Millius. <laughs> I didn't know that and, shit. Yeah, and then and then there's another weird factoid in that John Milius like somehow was part of the invention of the UFC. Like he helped design <laughs> the cage. Like, yeah, it's just really he's a believe really- that actually. I've never heard that. I told, I'm not even gonna look it up. I'm gonna pretend that's real because that's I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it's I think he was true. I think he was an early Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, and that's that's how he got I involved. That too. Yeah um but yeah he's an he's an amazing dude and this is like this movie is he's such... really like hyper conservative like his politics are really weird and yeah. everyone thinks he's everyone thinks he's something and there's a quote that of his that says 
he was like, I'm really like more of a hippie, but I knew the hippies would never elect me their king. So I didn't <laughs> hang out with the hippies. And like, so that's kind of like the dude you're looking at. You know, he, he wanted to go to Vietnam. He was like, this is my war. Yeah. Place. And he had asthma and they wouldn't let him go. So that's kind of like this weird sacred wound in the storytellers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's that's really interesting because Conan and is like, I him him and Rob. Go ahead. No, I want to hear. Oh, sorry. I because Conan seems like this. Um, like he he doesn't have any meaning until he finds his own worth, which is simply swinging that blade, right? <clears throat> like when he's in the, like that's when what he finds it? his. And it's it's like there's this freedom in that glory, and then that like. And I, I really get that same vibe, like somebody that would want to go to war. Um, one of my, one of my best, like, I would say my best friend, like we've been like of all time, you know, we've been friends since we were like 17 and we've lived with each other at several different stages in our lives. Uh, when like one of us didn't have somewhere to stay or the other one didn't. Um, and like, it's one of his all time favorite movies. And mm. I felt like, I felt like watching it. Like I didn't remember shit about it. Cause it's been since I was a kid. But, that's cool um i felt like i understood that this story matched him and his his story and i never put that together that like my best friend like he he went to afghanistan because he knew he was like a warrior inside and he's like this is the only way that i get to actually feel out like what i what kind of creature i am you know yeah um and that was yeah it was really touching watching because i'm like that but now you're saying with Emilius wanting to go to to Vietnam and not getting to it's like this like this story feels like that you know yeah saved, yeah saved like us. that ex- an exercise of that a little bit yeah yeah definitely. like to get yeah. it out of his system I mm-hmm. imagine that the way he ran his film sets was very general like and this dude was on uh, he wrote a good portion of Apocalypse Now and was on set for that so I think he kind of got that there yeah. so when he gets to Conan it's like it's because if he had not done that and then shield walls of people and just like bananas set sequences but but like he's really only fighting a couple people at a time you know it's really it's a more intimate movie than i think people think it is yeah and for that reason but yeah i definitely see that connection too and him i don't know if you guys know anything about robert e howard too who's the original guy who channeled conan yeah like he was he was like him and his buddies would get together at the bar during and this is during prohibition someone would run like a little ice box or whatever out the back of a barbershop or whatever and they get all all get together friday nights or whatever drink <laughs> beer and like bare knuckle box each other yeah <laughs> they were just he like robert e howard and john milius have so much in common which is why i think this conan movie i, I think it's why this one hits and the other ones just don't. Just don't. Because yeah. by someone who's like degree with the right force, like Crowley's magic posture, right? Like there's just, there's something about the channel on this is right for this character. And it's just about trying to, to get out. Because Robert E. Howard didn't go anywhere either. He, I don't, he might've left Texas, but he, and he died really young and he had this, just this yearning this urge to like really seek out these like battle fields and like just to 
have that experience. Yeah, I think that's really apt for sure. Yeah, and and it's funny because Conan, Conan has this quality where the character is like bigger than the amalgamation of all the like because there's all these things like, and this the, uh, another thing about this movie which is funny is that it's probably the most Frank Frazetta movie that you could probably find. Like it it even though he wasn't involved in the making of it. Frank Frazetta is so intimately connected with Conan and and the way Conan looks in in his world that it permeates into this. And there's this quality with Conan is like larger than all of the things that are gathered together to make him, right? Every once in a while, someone gets it. Every once in a while, someone's that person who gets it. Yeah. Because I think Conan, like, all right, let me back. Before I say something really controversial. Okay. Bones, I... On on one of your one of your recent episodes, you were saying something about Steiner, and he said something that there's like ten thousand years of history or something missing. Um, Am I getting that right? I don't think that was the. I think that's the um, the forbidden history where they they talk okay. about there being or or stolen history. I think is the name of the documentary. There's three of them, okay. and it's like basically that the World's Fair was a reset. And that the one we're coming into now is another one, and that every once in a while the people in charge just kind of erase history and um, partition out any technology that's been developed as something controllable um, after that. Mm. Um, but there, there's some really cool, compelling stuff to present it. But it wasn't like a specific amount of time missing or anything. It was like a okay, like a repeating. There's just like um, these periods psyop. missing in time. Okay, I think Conan existed. Like uh-huh. and the the way he comes to Howard kind of proves that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's been a lot of like people really, really, really trying to downplay Conan's appearance to Robert E. Howard one night in his room. Yeah. Like people really trying to like I've just cool. read a biography on Howard called Blood and Thunder, and the guy who writes it really goes to really far out ends to try to prove that like Conan is a pastiche that's been put together by Howard. I, Howard is sitting at his typewriting feverishly, right? So he's already in this um, this altered state and he feels someone behind him and he turns around and Conan is standing there with an ax and he's like, you're a writer, you're gonna, you're, I'm gonna show up to you and you're gonna write my stories down or I'm cutting your head off. And Howard was like, oh shit, <laughs> and <then he> started <laughs> writing. And, and he writes down all these fragments and one night Conan stops coming. And I think like the way his stories come, the early Conan stories come together, it's just like, it feels too much like he came through. He channeled it or something. Yeah, he channeled it. Like I'm of the opinion that Conan was willful enough in life that there was some kind of discharge of consciousness when he died. And that consciousness had a will so strong that it was able to permeate and come through. I think like that person would want to have these stories told because they're incredible. Man, so, I fucking that's, love that's this. my opinion anyway. <laughs> that's my this. opinion. And that's and that's also why I think this movie feels so different than any other sword and sorcery movie. Because I've seen a gang of them trying yeah. to get this together and there isn't one no there like isn't. nothing feels this lived in nothing feels this experienced 
nothing feels this um, generated. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's a quality to it that uh, really kind of astonished me. Uh, it's, it Good. feels like a, uh, it's my favorite kind of story and that it doesn't feel like someone sat down and constructed uh, through logic like these are the pieces that fit together to make a coherent story and in the end the good guy wins and there's a twist and blah 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 it didn't sound like that at all it didn't sound pre-thought out it sounded like someone sat down and wrote one scene and then they wrote the next scene and they just kept doing that without any forethought until they had something down because each part of it just feels like now we're doing this this is just a man on an adventure uh, and you just encounter everything he encounters. And like, there doesn't feel like there's too much like forethought there. And I love that. Like, I, I love it because it feels more like you're actually watching something that really happened. So when you yeah. tell me, like, I almost pooped a little bit when you said that, <laughs> that he actually, that this was channeled, like that yeah. he... I had no idea this was a thing because yeah yeah it's pretty awesome people that's, people that stacks people me. It feels don't like Lord of the Rings like it yeah. feels like exactly the same way that it's this like is, I just, this is I'm my just telling Lord a story <laughs> that's awesome Lord of the Rings because it's some kind of truth there's yeah. a if you try there's a there's a couple good collect I'm sorry I keep going on about Howard but like I no. this gets to the meat of it like the show Code, is called uh, Soapbox so yeah. Howard writes. Howard has this like essay and he traces the lands of Iboria, which is where Conan is from, right? Like Aquilonia and Kitai and Stygia and Shem and all these places. And he writes this essay about how Stygia becomes Egypt and Aquilonia becomes part of Europe and like how all these nations eventually evolve and how they evolve through the ages. And like they talk about the Essir and the Vanir a couple of times in Conan. And those things then enter the lexicon and mythology later because these things are so ancient. So mm. Conan, this world exists. It's like an interregnum period, really. Like something happened beforehand. So the people of Conan's time are like living in this kind of developed out of the wasteland. Something happens. And if you read the stories, like you can tell the wizards, are used in spells that they don't really have a grasp of. People are people are kind of trying to make sense of like where they are. So there's something Atlantis, right? Like it's defined in the movie like before Atlantis, after Atlantis falls, but before the sons of Arius rise. So it's it's in this interregnum period, and the way he traces out how the lands and people develop is um, has been really downplayed by a lot of authors and things and i think it's a really inspired document like i think if you go read through it it's like whoa <laughs> it was for me anyway i i the first time i read it i was like are you fucking kidding me like this is <laughs> this is like david ike alternate like this guy somehow and you like you can go back and you can trace his influences and what he was reading you can say oh he's doing this Right, like Lemuria was like really big in the 1920s, 30s um, with the theosophy stuff. So he's reading that stuff. We know he's reading that stuff. And he puts this all together, but like 
it's one thing to have to read all these pieces and it's another thing to put them together as elegantly as it comes together in this essay. So saying that and then like having it transposed onto film and he talks about, they talk about in the, the, the production designer and everybody, like they're really trying to make everything look like it existed. They're really trying to make everything just have a little bit of a hint of like, oh, this is where this came from. Souls yeah. of Doom is a black guy with straight hair. Oh, that's a lost race. Stuff like that. They And they really tried to infuse that as much as they possibly could. So when you see it, uh, Snake Mountain, his mountain of power, and it looks vaguely like it could exist and all the, they shot in Europe and they used a bunch of old stuff from Europe and then matte paintings and they would construct things. And the way they would twist all these things together, it, it's like, there's not another more realistic fantasy looking movie than this, honestly. It looks like you could go there now and like see the ruins of it because it was supposed to be that. Yeah, and it's also fascinating because it's, there's a, well, is that you, you or me? That's probably me. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, that was my uh, that was my Conan alarm. You guys are man. I will work. say those the uh, the bangs on Darth Vader made me feel like he was about to play an Elliot Smith cover at any second. <laughs> I'm telling you, he and that's why it works so well though. Though you know, he looks like really weird. melancholy. He looks really studied. He looks really like. I am over had like everything I have is like just these people who are hypnotized worship me. Like you could, he looks really jaded. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's really jaded. He's like also surrounded by fucking morons to him. Like, like no one. Well, he had one hypnotized, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and they're all like, whose fault is that? (laughs) And he's, he's, he came from some much more, potent civilization and then this is the ruins of it and this is who he's left with right so there's that there's that component as well um that's what they say but i'm i'm unconvinced based on textual evidence within the movie that he is like i remain unconvinced of that he's wise enough there's a couple things that he does that just like don't when he is talking to conan the second time when they bring him to I, it's the first time he really ever talks to Conan, but when when they bring him in, when he tries to seek in and they bring him in, he says like, "You killed my mom, you killed my dad, you killed my people, you took yeah. my sword." <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Oh, that must have been when I was younger," and that's like twenty years ago. And if someone's like a thousand years old, and twenty years was like you're younger twenty yeah. years ago, it just <laughs> like I I feel like a lot of the he's an ancient wizard whether he can summon demons i feel like it's all just like kind of weird jim jones propaganda you know because mm. it feels very jonestown it feels very like this guy is not really in control of his faculties or he wouldn't need to keep these people hypnotized yeah are yeah, are like he discovered enough of the magic right right to, to, and to that use is it that is more consistent with what's actually going on in the Conan stories, because it's like I said, like mm-hmm. this is the ruins of a civilization, civilization. and people are just trying to, trying to figure out what's what. I fucking love that idea of people just like 
cobbling together what magics they can find and not really understanding it and kind of like faking it like i'm yep. a master blah 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 and they like do the thing but they're they're just as terrified as the person watching that it's going to backfire on them like um, and it does inevitably you know because they yeah. don't know how to use it because <laughs> they just lost they the just plot. don't they don't know what they're doing yeah they kidnap there's a there's a story that uh, there's a couple details taken out of for the movie oh excuse me but there's a story where they have like this actual entity and like kind of kept away and even then like no one goes near it because they don't know what to do with it it's just like trapped in this room surrounded by jewels and all this shit and it's like fucking kill me <laughs> these people don't know what they're doing let me go yeah uh, I, I really encourage you if you like this movie I really encourage you to track down the original whole story because they're they're just like this movie it feels lived in and they're really compelling and fun yo what did you said you really like were enjoying this movie did you did that carry through all the way for you me yeah. yeah, the whole way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah, you were right. It dragged its feet a little bit, um, like mid towards the end. But I mean, it was just really enjoyable anyway. I mean, uh, it could have it could have had some some editing, but nah. Like, I just <laughs> I just I just like really enjoyed it because, like I said, it, Stop. It every didn't... time I every time I watch this movie, I'm like, go ahead. Oh, I think we must have a lag. Sorry. Um, I just, I think, I just really enjoyed it because, like I said, it, it just felt like very pure storytelling, and like something we touched on when uh, a couple episodes ago about like propaganda and assuming that someone always has some kind of motive or a uh, uh, some kind of agenda that they're trying to get across. It puts you in a yeah. place of never, never being able to actually experience something uh, with that innocence, and I think that that's like. Like without that, how can you how can you really fall into something like Conan? Because you're you're looking for like how is it trying to trick me instead of just being like this is just a thing that someone imagined, um, right? And that's that's Are what you... I loved about it. So I I probably love the books, but like all in all, like I I wouldn't I wouldn't complain or say like anything should be changed because I just think when things land in the world, it's like they happen the way they did for a reason, and just because I was a little bit like. Oh, it's kind of slow during this part. Doesn't mean it's not supposed to be that way, you know? Yeah, there's a bunch of minutes I would cut. Like, I could get this that... movie down under two hours and, like, lose nothing. Mm, yeah. There's, there's, I, I can, like, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, yep, you do I'll film do though, this, right? And then I'll do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, my dream in life is to make a Conan movie. So I think about mm -hmm. it constantly. But there's just, like, you know, certain things that you could always nitpick, right? But this movie, it's just a little too long. There's some of the stuff at the end where he's like navel gazing after he kills Doom. It's like, uh. some of the <laughs> sex stuff with Valeria. It's like, okay, we fucking get it. Like, let's see Conan go like haggle for a horse with all these jewels. Because he like just got, like, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know how much these jewels are worth. Like, he also kind of doesn't give a shit. I would a horse and like gives it, like, and you could all visually, right. Because he doesn't know. He's so fresh. And speaking of what you were saying earlier, how it just seemed, this movie seems like kind of, kind of so pure. And it's just, you're stuck in this world because you come with Conan into this world. We've been on the wheel of pain 
for what, yeah. 20 years? Mm, so yeah. when we go out into this universe, like he's not experienced it. So when we go in, we're all going in together. And I think that this movie offers that. And I haven't seen a lot of other movies be able to pull off like that really level powerful. of, um, yeah. Watching his thighs go from baby thighs to Schwarzenegger <laughs> thighs. I felt like I knew his whole childhood because I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this movie is amazing at that at like doing these little like snippets where it like it it shoots through time and you get it hints at bigger adventures like it happens again when they're uh, they're going through that city. And it it cuts like their the stuff they're wearing on their feet changes like a couple times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, oh, okay, they've they've gone on other adventures. But it's only right. barely hinted at, and it, yeah. it feels like it's of one piece, but it's not exactly. And it's and it's him constantly like, because again, like you're right, like like Conan as this potent uh, savage character is actually like very childlike in many ways, and so he's, he's he does very. these really like goofy shit that <laughs> like he punches out that camel, which is also yeah, he's like, best. oh shit, what's that? I don't know. <laughs> that was one of the most unexpected delights I've ever seen in a film. I hope I, I just I don't let myself think about whether camels, or not. I, I, wait, I, what I, was that? I love camels, so that scene pisses me off. But I get it. It's <laughs> well, like it's in there for a reason, for sure. I didn't allow myself to think about whether or not they actually did it for the film. I, I laughed <laughs> as a knee jerk reaction because someone completely unexpectedly punching a camel for no seeming reason. Right. <laughs> It's just objectively fucking hilarious. Um, and then the reality sunk Especially in. Especially when like, he's high. You yeah. know, the stone on Black Lotus, and he's like, oh, and like, who hasn't been really high and knocked out a camel when it's trying to, you know what I mean? Relatable. Man, I tell you, if I had a nickel. <laughs> uh. I mean, I also, like there's, there's also that little bit where he's eating the lizards and he's like, this is really good. <laughs> yeah. The other one is like, it's been out for days. What are you doing? Yeah, he's been out for days. Well, that's, <laughs> this movie excels in that, that kind of like subtle visual storytelling. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but there's, so he gets, he's set free. He gets chased by the dogs into the cave. And when he comes out of the cave, he has. running across the desert and he's like he's wearing dog skins his yeah, sword yeah. is wrapped up in dog fur yeah, yeah. Like he has dog fur beautiful. boots like yeah. and it doesn't you you missed a bunch of stuff but you kind of know exactly know what, what happened and that happens like it's incredible visual storytelling there's another there's another tiny detail that's like really easy to miss which is when he's brought to the the wheel of suffering there's mm -hmm. like he and he's locked up the kid in front of him is this red-haired kid in black clothing and he's like whipping i think that's yeah. the same dude that comes and later gets him and like you know what i want to say that's right too because i have that same feeling too but also the kid the guy who he's like a slaver basically yeah he shows up from off screen and yeah. bargains with the guy who's watching over the wheel of pain so yeah. that makes me think they they might not be the same person but like more and more people are leave are dying and there's deleted scenes where there's he's like pushing it and the, you see the wheel go by and there's like a skeleton being drugged by it and i wish they would have left that in just to like infer that yeah but it does make sense because if this guy remembered if this kid remembers 
that, oh, there's this really, he's the only one left on the wheel of pain. Like, I bet I could go by him and make some money. Yeah. So, yeah, I think about that a lot, too, though. I love this movie, man. <laughs> I could go on about this shit all day. Yeah, like, I was I was telling you, this movie's a bomb to my soul. I don't, I just love it every fucking time I watch it. I just, every time I watch it, too, I'm like, fuck, man. This shit is so, it's just, it's not perfect, but I just, it's perfect. It's, I love it. It's great. There's so much going on. Did you guys check out all the threes? Next time you watch it, I invite you. Number of threes that are in this movie because it is truly insane. It's truly insane. <laughs> the number three well, repeats in it? Well, yeah. Number okay, three, so there's... like there's there's him and Subutai and Valeria. Oh, Valeria. Right? Or there's Subutai, the... Valeria, and the wizard. Third. And right, or uh, Sulta Doom, Sulta Doom and Rexor and, and Thorgrim. So there's, but there's there's also like Conan only ever holds three swords throughout the movie. Mm. Only ever. He only has three different swords. He doesn't like switch between swords. There's stuff like that. There's stuff like um, he three wax cuts both of Doom's heads off, you know? Yeah. And 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 <laughs> the great. three all, and I verified that this morning when I watched it again. But there's the number three also points to the riddle of steel. Because mm. there's there's this thing going on in the movie where there's he's these for movie the movie for me is two snakes facing each other mm. because there's this thing that happens when two people face each other like there's a third thing that comes of that which is mm. the person who walks away or like you know two men enter one man leave in thunderdome right yeah like there's this third thing that happens when these two things come together and that underpins the riddle of steel in the movie and that just i feel like that underpins a lot of the movie and Milius is on record saying this is a very Teutonic movie and there's this Indo-European tripartite like division of things throughout their mythology and into Germanic and Norse mythology like there's three all over the place so I think that was really played into but I think the main thing for me is two snakes facing each other and something comes out of that well I you noticed know? I noticed that when he went to go steal that one super jewel uh, by the, the the big snake at first, mm -hmm. uh, and he's doing like the Indiana Jones style. Um, yeah, there he's looking for two snakes, but there are three holding the jewel. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "That's," I was like, "Oh, there's the thing he's looking for." No, that's three. But now there's, you're saying there's there's a three the, thing. The two the snakes are always connected to each other too. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's like a snake, a snake, but there's also this third thing, which is like they're connected. Like mm -hmm. and that's that's like the sun and the moon too. Like that's the yeah, it just repeats, like... repeats, repeats. And 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 like the three is so strong that you can start kind of predicting stuff, like uh, how Yen is wrong about what is best in life because he lists four things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Conan only lists three. There's three beginning. There's like, uh, there's just all this these threes going on, and like I keep repeating, like these two things coming together to make this third thing is one of the main themes of the movie. It's mm -hmm. for me, in my opinion. And so, if you want to talk about the Riddle of Steel, I'll tell you why everyone 
is wrong about it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do want to hear it. Um, there, there's other things I, I want to. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a, another fascinating thing that I I realized on this on this watch is that there's these echoes that happen in Conan's childhood that then come back later in the present. Um, one of which is like, as when his mother dies, he's staring at his hand, and mm-hmm. that, and that comes back after he's taken from the tree of woe and revived, and he's got this thing mm-hmm. where he's staring at his hand, and part of it is because of what Dulce Doom said, but I also think that there's there's a connection to he's remembering as a child like that loss of his mother. There's something that's getting woven into that, and then the other thing is like the graveyard battle. Absolutely. The graveyard battle and the his village getting destroyed at the beginning they echo mm-hmm. each other because mm-hmm. uh they both start with the, the the like rock with the horses splitting and going in the two two yep. directions and that's that so so it's almost like the, his later battle at the graveyard is him fighting for all the dead of his village in the past mm-hmm. Which is like I never picked up on that before, which is really fucking that's, awesome. That's very apt of you to pick up on. And if you remember when he was at the village scene in the very beginning, like what did he do? He like ran, and ran and cowered, yeah. And then he stayed. He stayed there. He was about to run to his mom, and then horses ran by, and he like turned around and ran away from his mom. Like you can see, definitely. I think that's there's there are a couple different instances of like exactly like that exactly like that and mm. the, the what the really interesting thing to me about him looking at his hand after Sulsa doom decapitates his mom is he does that but then there's a then there's a cut to Sulsa doom and Sulsa doom is looking at the sword mm. and then there's another cut where we're behind conan looking at conan and in the background is doom and Conan is looking at his hand and Doom is looking at the sword. Like, oh, that wow. is both framed in the same frame. Huh. So I'm glad you mentioned that because let's just get into the Riddle of Steel. So his <laughs> dad tells him what at the beginning? The Riddle of Steel is like the only person, the only thing you can trust in this world is sword, right? So to, so to his dad, the Riddle of Steel is sword, the sword. Then we get to Doom. And it's interesting because Conan, the only time in the movie was where he voluntarily leaves the Atlantean sword with the wizard and goes to Doom Mountain and then gets captured and crucified. He doesn't have a weapon. Mm. So he's standing there talking to Tulsa Doom and Tulsa Doom says, you know, he's just a little steel. Tulsa Doom goes, ah, you know what it is, don't you boy? And it's, it's also thrilling to me to, to see like a black guy like talk to a white guy like that because that's something you shouldn't do not ever say hey boy to like a black person yeah but, like he does it so there's something like kind of twisted and sinister but he says you know what it is don't you boy and then he says what is steel compared to the hand that wields it which is a complete reversal from what he was doing in the village to begin with because mm-hmm. he's looking at steel, steel yeah. and conan's looking at his hand and Conan is unarmed, so he doesn't have steel, not knowing that Doom thinks it's flesh, so he can't do anything about it, right? I think that's really... Like a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I really think that's a profound reversal of philosophy, because they both have... Conan arguably survives not by steel, but by his flesh. Mm. 
right? He pushed that wheel and he was like durable enough to survive everything he got. He was been running for it. He's been fighting for it. He's been fucking for it. Like everything is of the body. And then he gets to where Thulsa Doom says, the riddle of steel is your body. That's what you have. But he's wrong about it too. And you see that the final answer to the riddle of steel is revealed at the end. And it is the will, essentially. I mean, that's what Conan comes to learn. Because he's standing in front of Doom, and he has the sword, and Doom hypnotizes him. So his flesh can't move. Mm -hmm. And if you watch when Conan cuts his head off, like something happens in his eyes. He becomes possessed. Mm. And the only thing making is the only thing willing his arm to swing the sword is this third thing, this willpower, this hmm. like true will, I guess you'd call it if you want to like go the felt the Lemic route. But like there's something more, there's something that makes your hand swing the sword. So it's not the sword and it's not the flesh. It's what makes you swing the sword. That's what people I think always, always, always miss about the riddle of steel. And I try to keep that in mind because I think like this is my own personal Lord of the Rings. So I just think that a philosophy of no one's coming to save us. Like mm. we're in it right now. We all know we're in it and no one's coming. No one came and got him off the wheel. No one came and got him out of the fighting pits. He was on his own. He did it all pretty much by himself. And I try to keep that in mind just because I think like there are two with the body you have, but there's that third thing that makes you want to use the tools with the body you have. Yeah, you know well, that's I mean? yeah, that's really harkens. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, this definitely harkens back to our episode with Ren Collier uh, on Fully Cooling. Swing the bat. Just swing the fucking bat. bat. No one else is. No one else is going to save you. You have to swing it. Like it doesn't matter if you miss. You have to keep swinging the bat. Um, Something has to make you want to swing the bat, though, because Conan is hypnotized. Everyone in that scene is hypnotized, right? Right. Except for Thulsa Doom. And the only one who breaks out of it is the only one who has the willpower to break out of it. Like, mm -hmm. if they all all weren't hypnotized, their flesh could overrun him. They could mop him. They could fuck him up. But the only one in that scene willing to do something, something is the person who has the will to swing the sword. And I just thing point uh the, okay so this this is this is so awesome because there's another and this ties into what you're saying because at the very beginning like it's funny that this movie has like the, a fallen angel myth in it basically right mm-hmm. because because the gods bring them steel and they have a war and they leave it on the battlefield and they leave it to people for to men to discover and take with not them. on purpose yeah not on, yeah on, on accident yep so there's there's this quality that the steel is that is the self-governance that allows okay. you to make choices mm. in the world right because like what does conan do he he uses a sword to take out the most the strongest person in this in this area he the leader of like he it's it's him being willing to use that tool that uh, that and make that choice and use his will but but it's like that needed to be left by the gods so that then we can because again like no one else ha- you're right no one else has the steel no one else has the sword 
So everyone just falls in line to Thulsa Doom, except mm-hmm. Conan, who has, who has this gift from the gods and, and has been and has taken. And also, I think that's why they're like all the gods in this in this movie are kind of like distant and like they it's like, yeah, we gave you the shit to take care of yourselves. Why don't you fucking use it? So I think that's that also ties into it as well. So yeah, it seems well you're like looking the, at it they, this interregnum period too, like the gods have left. Yeah, like who are you? Who do you pray? He doesn't say who are your gods. He says who do you pray to? <laughs> well, I pray to the four winds because they're all around us. <laughs> well, I pray to Krom and he's in his mountain. And he doesn't really listen to me. <laughs> you know, it's like the gods are not here, but what? Listen. There's a bunch of threes too. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. Like they're not men, not giant, not gods, not giants, not men, not beasts. Like men. I think the they whole uh, the whole three thing being thrown in there makes perfect sense with all the stuff you're saying about like there's there's the hand and there's the sword and you get stuck on that like that like back and forth thing that you're thinking about. But without right. the it, the will of the self, then that's which is nothing. the unity. So right. the three, the three together are what caused the change. Like the three together, absolutely. The there's power. There's three. So they hide three these threes points. in the whole fucking. Sh- yeah, that's right. That's absolutely brilliant. They actually worked it in there. Um, in, three in a, points in a way that's is tricky. that's the that's the least amount of points you need to make a shape. The your first shape, right? right? Like triangles, the first shape. If you have two dots, all you get is a line. You don't get any dimensionality. But as soon as you add this third thing, it becomes like these different third things. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's it's huge in like every culture. Yeah, and I wonder if I'm purposeful, it was right. Sorry. No, no. I, I just wonder how purposeful it was. You're right. It is in every culture. And that also goes back to like these, this being like an ancient earth. Yeah. And carrying through and always miss carrying through, you know? Yeah. Are you familiar I was, with. I was gonna say something. Oh, go ahead. Are you familiar with Berserk? Berserk. You said you're not anime? into anime, but it's a, uh, well, yeah. it's a manga slash anime, but okay. Sorry. But if there's if there's if there's one that I would recommend to you at all, based okay. on your love of Conan, it would be Berserk. Like I'll check it out for sure. There's that sense of innocence in the character, um, who was also like traumatized as a child, sort of thing who is very much like you just have to keep swinging the sword um and he's this brutal guy but but he's also incredibly kind to some uh in his yeah. own way like yeah yeah i think you'll really check it out it. um yeah I'll check it out i, I like special. the conan stories i like the conan stories the howard stuff because he's like when when i say conan the barb it's not my favorite movie of all time but when i say it's like one of my favorite movies and i can go on about it like this people really think it's like toxic masculinity shit like oh it's just conan and the barbarian but like if you read the stories he's so like three-dimensional there's a story called the god and the bull where he kind of like is breaking into this house one night and something has happened in the house and all these government officials show up at the house and conan just kind of doesn't say anything he doesn't really do anything he just sits there and like watches how these people in the town interact about what has happened in soaking it up and he does something but he doesn't like break in and start clubbing people's skulls like it's not it's not like you 
think it's going to be mm. like he's way more he's written as he has gigantic mercs and gigantic melancholies and you can see that in the stories like he's really he's more emotionally level than i think people like want him to be when they think about him but yeah no i'll definitely check out berserk for sure I think again, and there's something really important there with the uh, the emotional complexity because, and I think they illustrate that really well in the film. Like you start it, and it's called Conan the Barbarian, and in the first fucking right. twenty minutes, in the first twenty minutes, he learns to read and puts a jacket over a naked girl to keep her warm. And yeah, like, you're just like you I mean, need still, fucking Conan fucked, the gentleman and but scholar, like, he makes like it comfortable. Yeah. yeah, like, and I think people, you think that's a crude scene, but like really, like he has this understanding that like she's not because that's going to be a better experience like he's not raping this chick he has this understanding of like where she's coming from you know and i think that's really interesting and i mean it's crude but (laughs) it's it's an interesting way to portray like how he's come and is learning you know and the three the three um i think they're both being raped because they're both prisoners but I think well, he's, yeah, okay. Touche. Touche. I'm not going to say she wasn't raped. Excuse me. He's doing his best know. to be like a to be uh, humane and human and like like hey, I'm I'm a prisoner too. Not not I'm a man right. who gets the chance to fuck you. Like right. Right. Yeah, because right, right, right. that, totally. that totally. there is that uh, there is that aspect of that that he's in a cage and there's all these weirdos watching this happen. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. It's awful. It reminded me of the exorcism and the devils. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm, okay. Well, the three swords only throughout the right. His parents' sword. He gets at the end, and um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. The Atlantean sword that he finds in the cave, and the sword that he learns that he that he has a katana that he's using, and he's using that katana. That katana represents like his bodily learning and his philosophical learning. So that extends at, into his bodily learning in this cage. Like he's being bred. It is, spe- it is specifically stated that he is being bred to the finest stock. And that's mm-hmm. part of his bodily learning too. It's like learning the pleasures of women and learning kind of how they respond. We're all in captivity. So we're all learning how to do this within this. And I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you brought up the learning because I think about that a lot because there's three sections of the movie where he learns and they're all in conjunction with a different sword that he's wielding. Mm-hmm. Right. He's learned to. And his will. And what's the Atlantean sword? He learns his ancestral knowledge and his blood knowledge, literally when he chops Dolph Doom's head off with his severed family sword, right? Mm-hmm. Like Dolph Doom severed his family and this sword representing his family is severed and he chops his head off anyway. And then there's this third sword he wields where he's learning, like I said, bodily combat and philosophical learning. He's reading scrolls and shit. So it's just like this movie is bookended with stuff like that throughout. The first thing that happens. So he's one more example and I'll stop ranting. He he um, gets put in the fighting pits and the first dude he fights has sharp teeth, right? Mm -hmm. Bites him right away. This new world you're entering, it's got really sharp teeth and it's going to bite you. And right before he dies, his last physical conscious act before he dies as he's crucified is to bite that vulture and spit it out on the ground. <laughs> like the way, the way that this sec- And that's another interesting facet of this for me too. What, what did you say? You, you froze for a second. Say that again. 
Uh, which part? The 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 right before, like uh, after. I just think vulture. it's interesting. I just think it's interesting that like the way this this film is framed and set up is like within these um these sequences that like call on each other. Sure. Like you said, the village, the village. Like there's even in the village sequence, someone gets chopped off their horse and stabbed, and then you go to the fight in the graveyard and he chops the guy's horse. And stabs yeah. Him, like there's there's all these things going on that pay off later, and the way he frames characters is he's always like trying to center people between people to let them know the very first time. Okay. So Dulce Doom's uh, forces invade his village and the, and I have a screenshot to prove this. The very, you see his snake banner. It's right. There's two men on horses riding towards the camera and a snake. Someone's carrying a snake banner in the middle. Well, if you look at these two guys, each of them has an eye covered up. Right, like huh. what is riding into your village is a singular vision. Huh. There's there's this snake banner, and that is the single vision that is riding into this thing. So the way he frames characters, like sometimes it gets a little sloppy, but it's there's a lot of stuff in here that is so thoroughly thought out. The way he blocks people, the way he makes Doom move around when he's talking to him, and the way he's filming him from below. So Doom really has like a stature. And Conan's laying on the bench in the fetal position, you know? It's, there's a lot of stuff like this going on in this movie. And it's, there's also, like, there, there's a real power in the close-ups. Like, actually, come to think of it, I don't think they're used that often. They're only used in very specific moments. Um, very specific, mostly dialogue. Yeah. Um, and when, like, you like first with like Thulsa Doom stare. That's that's like uh-huh. the first instance where it's like, and then um, I think for after that moment, am I wrong? Like the next time that's used is right when his head comes up after the wheel of yep. pain. Absolutely, that's the grand. That's the big reveal. Like this was kind of this wasn't Schwarzenegger's first movie, but this was his first movie. Yeah, you know, and when his head comes up. I would have loved to have been in theaters because from what I understand, like when his head came up and it was Arnold, people would just like cheer. The <laughs> I want to see that, man. I want to be there for that. Yeah, but in the way the way they set up these close-ups is the very first sequence with Doom and he's staring at his mother and it goes to a close-up of his mom and when Doom turns around, she, it cuts to her and she kind of goes, and like extends her neck because she knows Uh that what's coming and he has like hypnotized her and it's really subtle but you could see her like stretch her neck a little bit and just that like that weird intimate thing that happens in close-ups like sets the rest of the movie up to every time there's a close-up you're going to be not comfortable because there's something going on something Mm -hmm. weird going on (laughs) it's really it's a really powerful moment like it's almost sexual between Doom and her because she stretches her neck, right? She's offering it to him, and it's fucking wax it off. And you don't see anything. You hear a noise, and you hear you see a dummy head tumble. That's it. Yeah. You know, you don't see like a sword go through, and it's not like really. There's no blood, except on the. Floor. No, the the part of the part of that that's yeah. like the part of that that's dramatic and and 
powerful seems to be. I mean, like for for me, it was the um, when she falls and like the hand slips hand. out and yeah. like he doesn't get it for a second. Like it's like that moment yeah. of realization. When you see that moment of realization happen, like you can't help yeah. but be in it because everyone's had that moment of horror at some point where they're like, something happened. What was that? And then you look down and it's like you're bleeding everywhere or yeah you know your cat got hit by a car or like it's something everyone has one thing that they and so man that yeah that got me bad and i, well, I noticed it and it's so, so freudian like, there's, too there's no you know there's no blood like you said it just it was so raw and like just the mom dude of being a kid and like losing everything yeah right that moment. everything it got me more than most movies that show a kid lose everything. And like it's so Freudian, like your mom is gone. Yeah. And, and that is immediately followed by this realization by both Doom and Conan that I was mm -hmm. talking about. He's looking at his hand and Doom's looking at the sword. Mm -hmm. It's a really powerful frame. And if people are so taken off guard because she just got her fucking head cut off. That, like, <laughs> I don't think they see it all the time, but I've watched this movie less than 50 times <laughs> and well, I, it's like i every time i watch it i'm like fuck man look at this subtle framing and how they like get these things across it's not a really bloody movie but people remember it being a, a really bloody movie yeah you know yeah, it's like it's halloween like, or a psycho yeah totally there's no blood but it's and it's all black and white yeah man oh, the only thing powerful, i think psycho moment. they just like in psycho they just showed like a little like they just showed like dark dye going down the drain and everyone like remembered everyone swore they remembered yep. seeing the murder yeah to speak to that there's a really interesting um back when they used to do director's commentaries which i used to love the one for seven there was it was david oh. fincher talking about um he he ran into someone and they found out that he was the director of seven and they were like you're an awful person and he's like, yeah. oh, wh why? And he's like, the way you showed that woman's head in the box. And he was like, there's no shot <laughs> of, <laughs> at all. But but it's so potent that that's that's what. It does. Yeah, it, it's also it's also crazy. Like the difference in the beheadings between Conan's mother and then Conan's just hacking the totally. shit out of also the totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, totally. Absolutely. I mean, I, he, I made his, me happy that his mother's head like the sound effect is like the thing goes through butter and at the yeah. end he hits him on the right, he hits him on the left, he grabs his hair and like the final time he swings it sounds like the sword's just tearing. It's not <laughs> cutting, it's just like tearing his it head off. It sounded dull. Totally. <laughs> Seven is seven is a good example of like a Brzezinski movie, honestly, because mm -hmm. nothing is really shown. They show a couple little things, but like most of it is dark. It's not. It's blurry. There's hints of things, and you. I watched Seven way too young, way too young. My babysitter was watching it. I was like, oh, cool, this sounds cool, and I remember things that I that aren't in the movie. Mm. I remember things that are not in the movie and really bloody things that I yeah. transpose. And I think like the way he shot that is a good example of geek or alien. Has those 
it's really, I don't want to say subtle over and over, but it's subtle and it just has these like blurry edges. It's not defined. Mm. Yeah, you know that, what I mean? Yeah, that movie definitely lives in that because it's set up even by the the title sequence. Right. At the very beginning that that is all this, like, well, which inspired like 70 billion music videos and a million. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Boy, Fincher's the man. Yeah, that, that movie is incredible. Um, but yeah, anyway. There's a there's another uh, detail that stood out on this rewatch too, which is when uh, Conan and Valeria, that's her name, right? Valeria. Valeria, um, yeah. Um, where they're talking, <laughs> where they're talking about, um, she's trying to convince him not to go after Tulsa Doom, mm-hmm. and the they're talking to each other. And all you see is the black silhouette of her face and it's like in her golden hair while Conan is in light. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is the foreshadowing of him losing her. <laughs> he loses her now, but then it's going to pay pick off. up. Yeah. It's gonna pay yep. off further on. And Absolutely. I was like, I've never I was like, oh shit, I've never seen that before. That's amazing. <laughs> little stuff like that permeates the film. This film is just soaked through with stuff like that. And and stuff from like, there's a counterculture documentary, I think from the 60s. And it, if you watch, and I can't remember what it's called, if I remember, like I'll share it with you, but there's a scene where they're like going through the Haight-Ashbury and there's all these like hippie things going on, right? Like hippies like chanting, hippies smoking weed and like they're all together. And then there's that scene where Conan is walking through and it is like a shot for shot. Like Milius is like <laughs> taking this there. And these there's two dudes like going over a fire, like smoking weed. They have this like hood thing. And yeah. that's like an ancient Scythian way that like their shaman or whatever they were called <laughs> used to like smoke weed before their ceremonies. So like there's all this stuff in there like that. I, I loved uh, uh, there's a there's a, like a two second shot of this guy with a rock balanced on his head as he like claps yep. two other rocks. Yep. Yeah, that was beautiful. And and that was a big Three. thing with these USC guys. There's a old World War Two movie. Maybe it's a war. I'm pretty sure it's a World War Two movie. And there's a dog fight. There's an aerial dog fight in it. And it it's the dog the Death Star attack in A New Hope is shot for shot remake. Oh of wow, of this sequence. So like these dudes were really big on doing stuff like that, like like stealing, but cleverly. Yeah, like, like every artist ever. Seventies, dude. Yeah, uh, the the what is the phrase? We're just um, gonna take this shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> like uh, never borrow, always steal. Like that's that's another. Yeah, that's a version uh, of. That. I heard it in the Victoria's Secret documentary. Um, I don't know why I was watching this. It was interesting though. They said good <laughs> artist was good artist borrow. borrow the- great, great artist steel, steel or whatever yeah and and then the, and there's a there's a funny there's a funny thing that it's like quoted by or what did someone say it's a quote of dolly stolen from pablo picasso or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that reminds me yeah that <laughs> so that reminds me of like uh one of my favorite Werner herzog moments ever is he's uh he's talking about the anna nicole smith show and he's like, uh. how he, he's talking about how he watches the Anna Nicole Smith show because it is uh, uh, horrifying. And because the fact that it exists uh, is like challenging 
and the artist must not avert their eyes. And he's <laughs> quoting Akira Kurosawa in reference to the Anna Nicole Smith show. And I think that that's prime Herzog. Wow. That's beautiful. And Herzog would know like what disgusting thing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's a somebody who would like, who has an understanding of that because his film career is just marred with these unbelievably batshit insane incidents. Yeah. yeah, he's he's basically just got the fortitude of a rock, like, like, and man, insane. and he did crazy shit. That scene in Nosferatu when they, when his Nosferatu when they go into the village, like that's an actual Eastern European village, and he had every single person in that village hypnotized, and it's an action. Um, that's a true story. So when they they're walking through that village, and everything seems really fucking off. It's because uh, all those people have been hypnotized <laughs> in real life. Next time on That's So Herzog. Shit. Pull, pull, yeah, that's so <laughs> You know, I mean, we got to do an episode on Even Dwarves Started Small because that's the most ridiculous fucking film that's ever existed. Do you I've know that one? I've never seen it. I haven't it's, seen it, no. It's a whole film that's set in normal world, but it's starring only little people when did he and, make this and it's called even dwarves started small so it's canceled as fuck nowadays but we're gonna do an episode <laughs> oh, on man. it at some point i don't remember That's it's wild i don't know what the year is but it's one of his older ones and it's he want he said he wanted to make uh, a film where the, the the world was the only antagonist like it's just that the world is mm-hmm. like wrong. <laughs> fuck. so, so the, they like the whole thing is just small people having a really hard time operating this world this world um and it's only he could get it's away absolutely with brilliant too oh i mean he, it, i guess the time period i don't think he even really right. got away with it then but he wouldn't he got up bald enough to do that he's really okay i don't know much about this movie it's that's wild yeah, so yeah. i think it's the first time i've heard of it that's crazy yeah i think you can find it on youtube probably which but... is which is which is a standard herzog quote Critics. yeah it's crazy <laughs> this is fucking insane why are we even having this conversation <laughs> there's there's like there's some art and artists that i like get too viscerally uncomfortable to like fuck with like i just don't yeah i don't and he like some of his stuff i really like and some of his stuff is borders <laughs> on that like unwatchability yeah. and you never fucking I, know which until you're halfway through it <laughs> <laughs> yeah right totally totally same with terry gilliam i have like a body i have a bodily response to terry i can't watch his movies i get like nauseous i start oh, feeling like feverish I, oh I man i understand that uh what was the fuck i got an f in college because i couldn't watch brazil i couldn't do it no shit oh shit you've got yeah, I, I get you it. probably hard to go home they, they probably feel gross you probably haven't seen uh, what the fuck was the, it was his most Tideland, which was his most fucking controversial. No, I haven't seen it. See, it's uh, funny. Go ahead. Like tide, fear tide and loathing, I can't do either. Huh? Yeah, t- yeah. Fear and loathing's tough for me too. That one's that one's hard. Oh, really? Fear, fear and yeah. loathing for me just feels like a pretty decent <laughs> weekend in my twenties. But well, and that's the thing. Like, I can I can eat mushrooms and just like sit down and watch movies. Like, but for whatever reason it just it gives me that skin crawly yeah. i just can't huh. do it man what about Thailand though okay oh, so uh, t- uh, yeah. yeah go ahead what are you saying you, you do it all. oh okay. no so um thailand was this movie that like 
it, it kind of got him. I think it got him canceled. Like it, 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 it stars this, uh, this child actress. She's, um, she's the same girl that was in the fucking silent Hill movie. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember that. Thing. Mm, okay. Um, but it's, uh, it, she, she, so she's this completely innocent character through the entire film. And mm-hmm. it's her dad is a rock star played by Jeff Bridges. And he, okay. and about the, I'm just going to talk about spoil. He yeah. ODs in the first like 15 to 20 minutes of the movie and is okay. dead. And she doesn't re- realize it. And it's just her like still in her world. Like this. Nah. And then, and then um, she gets picked up by these like, cause they, cause they, he goes out to this like trailer in the middle of like the Midwest somewhere. And she, so she falls in with this group of people that are like these really strange, uh, all, you know, tiny town off weirdos. And like it's this older woman and then it's this like mentally challenged boy. And there's like these moments mm. where it feels like the mentally challenged boys are trying to have sex with her. Like is trying mm. and she's completely unaware of it. Um mm-hmm. And it's, it is so, I loved it. I thought it was an amazing movie, but it made people completely fucking uncomfortable. I think it's his best. It might be. No shit. Yeah. It's, it is in, it is. Wow. What he pulls off is not easy. Well, and okay. So Brazil, I, I, I like Brazil. Like I actually kind of love it, but something about most of his older films annoy me. Like they're just, (laughs) too like uh like i'm gonna be so terry gilliam like i'm just gonna be so (laughs) is it like the production design for me like i can't even put a finger on it but it's just so like i'm with you i can't put my finger on it either but it's something that it it feels like i want to say it's trying too hard but that's not quite right i want to say it's too busy and there's and there's too textured and too stylized but that's not quite right either there's just something about it that makes me and it's not the kind of uncomfortable where i like it it's the kind of yeah. uncomfortable yeah. where yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like where I feel like I I just don't like whatever is going on here and I don't even know how to put it. But for some reason yeah. with Tideland, there are a few of his that I don't feel that okay. way about. And I feel like they really land. Like I I absolutely love Tideland. I've only watched it once, but it mm-hmm. fucking stuck with me. It's like one okay. time is enough. I'll check it out. Um, yeah. I want to give Fisher has- King a try too, because it looks really good, but I, I like like if I'm going to if I'm going to bail 15 minutes into it because I'm nauseous like I don't well, I, I don't invest the time I Thailand think doesn't have like okay it doesn't have that over the top sort of production okay. real like it doesn't try to make you feel like you're in a play that's weird and you're on acid it doesn't do that it's it's like okay. you're, you're just <laughs> okay you're just in the world of this little girl and it's dark but you're almost yeah. able you're almost able to be kind of innocent of the things that she's almost that she's unaware of as well because of the way that it's done um, and, and it's okay. and, and, and it's this really interesting it's a really interesting thing because like it's her purity and innocent like innocence like carries her through the darkness yeah. okay yeah it, it, it ends in a like, i'll check it out yeah it's yeah, funny don't give, you, don't give the end end away for yeah him, but. you you must you must uh rev you must fucking hate baron munchausen which is one of my favorite movies too i love yeah. baron munchausen, but it is it is yeah. it is a crazy batshit movie what, and ah, it's funny. It's funny what it's you guys okay. are talking about the revulsion, because there's a. Th- I I enjoy time bandits, but the end fucks me up. 
Oh, I actually really do like Time Bandits a lot. I have a soft, I have a really deep place in my heart for that. Same with Fisher King, even though I don't remember it because my parents used to watch it a lot. They love Fisher King. Like if I saw that again, I would love it, I'm sure. But, but man, Time Robin Bandits. Williams was on fire in the early 90s, like with that dramatic shit, man. He was really yeah. for it. He's, I feel like, yeah, it's weird. He, so many actors, they, they dropped off and did shitty shit for a while and then they had to come back right before they either died or just they're still coming back. It's, yeah. it's a really weird thing that men seem to do. In I their think 60s. people just get sick of shit, man. I think people get sick of doing the Hollywood shit. So they're yeah. just like, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to do one hour photo. Fuck them. I think I'm funny. <laughs> watch this shit. And it's like the most unsettling fucking thing. You're like, that's not Robin Williams. Yeah. I think, oh. I think like if you're really or, genuinely or world's interested, greatest dad, yeah, oh fuck. <laughs> Yo, that movie. I was that's one of the movies where I was like, I finished that shit and I was like, how in the how in the fucking world did they finish that and like put it out? I fin- I fin- man, I finished that movie and I was like, bang a rang. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, well, that that one's crazy because it's it's him and his best friend Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> they're like you, they're like you know best they friends for fucking blast. <laughs> you know they had a blast making that movie too. And I think it only got made because Robin Williams was like, "I'll do it." Yeah, like, he probably had yeah. No one wanted to like, make that fuck it. Fuck it, let's do it, man. <laughs> that's that's. I wish. I wish. These, I wish people who had a bunch of money were like willing to take chances like that, take more yeah. shots like World's Greatest Dad. Maybe what, they are. I haven't really. What was interesting is is that I actually think, um, and one of them is does this more than the other. I feel like is uh, Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Frodo. What the fuck is his name? Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Well, yeah, yeah they're, own, they're both they're both studio. set they're both set for life. They don't have to do yeah. any fucking yeah. thing. Got so that Lord just of like, the Rings I'll... money, baby. Yeah. They're, so they're like, I'll just Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, the two big. They're, so they're both like, I'll just do whatever the fuck I want. And they, I... they're both have bon- been in some really bonkers. Elijah stuff. Wood. Elijah Wood is cooler than Daniel Radcliffe. I'm gonna put it out there. Elijah Wood is cooler yeah. than Daniel Radcliffe. Only because, only because he's actually he's not just like acting in movies. He has Spectre Studios, he's and producing. they put out some of the most interesting mm-hmm. fucking films in the last in the past couple of years I, like I, specter studios is really taking those chances i wouldn't try to try to pit harry potter and Frodo against each other but uh i would <laughs> but i harry think potter. I mean, harry I, potter's the trust fund cop bro Frodo works for it i think uh <laughs> i think uh like daniel radcliffe uh i, I like both of them a lot March, they, they all harry have... potter had to do was go to the bank they both <laughs> <laughs> they, they both have something special and uh and but but radcliffe really impresses me because like it was like as soon as he was done with harry potter he was like all right let's fuck around like let's let's do stupid weird shit that might not land and and just yeah he did equus right on on yeah. stage and like got naked every night for like a year like, yeah completely naked in front of an yeah, audience didn't know that. like yeah he really did take chances i I got He's love a real actor. Him, really, like, if Daniel Radcliffe wants to start a studio, and I, he can holler at me too. But <laughs> you hear that? You hear that, Rad? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> my man. Rad, D Rad. Come on, we need more guns akimbo and Swiss Army man shit. Come on, keep did going. I, I think I yeah. Did dude. I tell? 
did I tell Kurt? Did I tell you the story about how I made uh, Elijah would cry? Well, maybe, um, but tell it again. I don't know if I remember that. It's it's really it's not. Did you punch him in the face? It's not. You're like that you're exciting. a camel. No, it's not that exciting, but it's it's fun. Like uh, you're a camel. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah um no we were at i was at uh there was a show going on in sarasota florida back in my hometown at this bar shamrock and like i've i'm just like walking up with my ukulele because i just walked around town with my ukulele like i got off work at whatever fucking restaurant or coffee shop i was at at that time and i walk up and the sarasota film festival is going on which i worked for for several years and like um and elijah wood was in town for something and he was at the bar and like he's hanging out outside and i'm like what the fuck is going on because there's all these people like everywhere um just so many more people than would even show up for a local band normally and we had good shows there too but it was like twice that many i'm just like what in the hell is going on and so i didn't really realize what was happening until i'm like standing on the outskirts and he's kind of getting away from the crowd at that point because there's a couple other people like actors there that were like maybe not as famous or as cool right (laughs) so um everyone was trying to be up on elijah's shit and he like walks away to the edge out by the road and like he's talking to a couple of my acquaintances and like i suddenly like realized that it's elijah wood (laughs) and i'm just like oh hi (laughs) (laughs) and he just he looks at me and he's like oh hey would you mind playing me a song and so I played him a song about that I'd just written about like uh this shitty breakup. And um yeah. And, and he uh, was touched. And he cried. Like he that's man was touched. That's tight. There were like two or three, there were like two or three other people there. And uh and I like played my ass off, you know. I like got get really Imagine into it. And I was, plus I was drunk. Yo. But then like later he starts a fucking recording studio and like wouldn't, you know, I had no way to get a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> I was show like, up with the ukulele music. and like yeah. if he if he remembers you show up with the ukulele he'll be like oh fuck <laughs> either, either that it'll be like bitch i was an act i'm an actor like uh, <laughs> you think those were although, you think those were real yeah, tears maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe you were you, you were his samwise for just a second you carried him. <laughs> there you go yeah you carried him through that was probably a hard no. night yo can you imagine like what does he have fun left to do like you might have jaded that dude. He's been famous for a long time. He was mm. a child actor. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think about that sometimes. So if, if, if you, if us plebs, could like emotionally please somebody who's seen it all, like that's that's, and I'm not being sarcastic. I think that's really cool. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I I I guess so. I if he wasn't acting, <laughs> but but he was he was really he seemed really genuine and he was. When's the uh, last time Elijah Wood acted? Oh, snap. <laughs> I, just fucking, I don't know uh, i don't know i thought he did a, a great job in sin city <laughs> he is good in sin he was city fucking Fuck, terrifying man. like he's he good so, in lord of the rings so too creepy nice no, he's, he's really i think he's pretty good in everything i i really like I um like even if sometimes he seems like the same sort of like happy innocent frodo character in some things he can definitely pull off like a uh throw you a total left uh a total curveball yeah like like, what you're you're really 
really in this other kind of role together now. I haven't seen. Yeah, he did he did a version of Maniac? I haven't seen that though. Oh, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. Um, Maybe you know. But sound like when I think about Elijah Wood doing Maniac, I'm like, ah, it's probably just him doing extended. Yeah, probably. Right. That's probably probably true. I like Dirk Gently. Oh, is he in that? Yeah. No, I never. I've never seen it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Never watched it. Yeah, he's uh the. Shout out Elijah Wood, though, man. You did it, Frodo. (laughs) (laughs) You, You did it. You did it. Although, and you're putting people, you're putting mad people on too. Like, he he made Mandy, right? Like he put up yeah, the money to make true. Mandy. Like we'll take that's it. That's true. That's true. Dude is paying it forward, no doubt. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even know Mandy. Is. You oh, don't dude, know you Mandy? Mandy? Oh my god! You gotta immediately hang up the phone when we're done with this <laughs> shit and go watch Mandy. <laughs> and I, don't say, don't read nothing, don't look at anything, don't talk to anybody about it. I won't, but I'll watch it tomorrow because I already watched two hours of Conan. Two hours and nine minutes of Conan. That's fine. I understand. <laughs> I can yeah, watch I'll two movies in the tomorrow. day, but I understand. But yeah, like sit down and make sure it's dark too. You got to have that movie. You got to watch that movie in the dark. Okay. Do I smell a future episode? I'll do Mandy with you anytime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't fucking believe I went to, I knew that movie was coming out because I was a. I am a big, 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 big fan of Beyond the Black Rainbow. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that movie was coming out and I went to see it uh, in the theater. My wife was having, um, my wife was having her, I don't know, one of those fucking parties that women are, have when they're pregnant. What's that shit called? Baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> Pollination she was having celebration. a baby shower. Yeah, <laughs> pollination <laughs> celebration. <laughs> you're fertile yeah we're fuck yeah i'm going to see mandy and i went at like 10 in the morning and i got higher than dracula's castle right before i went in and (laughs) went in and saw that movie and when i left that shit i I was like a different person like (laughs) i saw when i walked out of the theater i felt like i had i was in that car with him driving up and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about Dude, it was it was bananas. I couldn't believe that movie, and I was so stoked. I've shown everybody who will listen. Watch Mandy. Watch Mandy. Watch Mandy. This dude needs to make more movies, man. He really does. He well, he's only shouts like out Panos Cosmatos. We love you, Panos. <laughs> <laughs> Has he only made two? He's only made two, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. he may be on the Black Rainbow, and it, and that movie is one of my fucking favorite movies of all time too because i think it's like really that's how shit is probably going down can you hear me yeah yeah you froze yeah you froze for a minute sorry have you guys seen beyond the black rainbow no i i actually haven't i knew about it but but i i've never sat down to watch it it was on netflix briefly but but it's incredible it really is incredible and it's like i said it's probably how things are actually happening like that's mm-hmm. probably actually how things transpire within <laughs> that but i won't give too much away like definitely go check out those two movies because they're both extremely worth it completely on mainstream crazy batshit insane things going on and it, they just hit man mandy's awesome 
Oh, to actually to circle back around, and this is funny because I, somewhere at the beginning of the conversation we were bringing up like David Ike, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's really funny because in this movie the one percenter is a fucking reptile. <laughs> it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> like he's oh, like in Mandy, f- you're talking about? No, in Conan, it's a literal. He's a literal fucking oh, snake. Yeah. He turns into a snake. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's a carryover from so so Howard wrote these other stories about Cole of Atlantis, mm. and that's uh, obviously that takes place before Conan. And one of Cole's main adversaries was like shape shifting lizard men mm. who would like try to assassinate him all the time because he was the <clears> king of Atlantis. So that is kind of like a carryover from those stories too. It's funny how many of these little things carry over from Howard's writing because. Howard's writing is just like that good yeah. that you can take all these different things and kind of put them all together and get like the most coherent, best designed sword and sorcery movie to date, really. Yeah, there is a, there is a quality to, um, and we were speaking of this, like the way the the architecture and all the stuff is designed, and <coughs> like there's so many there's so many like shapes and symbols that are like proto celtic knots and proto runes and it's like it's he really wears well the wheel done. of Sem- he wears a eight he wears the wheel of samsara a, around his neck a sec, yeah. until valeria dies and then he tears it, it off takes and it off. The eye of the, the serpent the drip it on yeah you know? shit like that yeah that carried through yeah i i love all those little symbols too all the little glyphs and shit on the priest robes and the glyphs on the swords and yeah, just like well thought out, really well prepared. Yeah. Love it. Want it. Ron Cobb is still alive too. Shouts out Ron Cobb. Come do my Conan movie, dude. If I attach you, I get I bet I can get it done. I feel like if Come you on, did Rob. Conan movie, it would be like it would be like if Yodorowsky actually got to make Dune. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't like pay Salvador Dali a million dollars to not. To not do anything. <laughs> like, I wouldn't do that crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, it would be that awesome though. Like, I mean, it was gonna that that movie would have been fucking amazing. Man, Ron, oh yeah, Ron... it it would have been uh, the there there would have been that that would have been like the movie spectacle of all. It would have broken. It would have broken really? the world. It would have broken the world. Yeah, That's which is probably happen. why it didn't get made. <laughs> Wasn't ready to be broken. It is now. Also, also, great shout out to Ron Cobb, one of the unsung concept art original heroes. Uh, worked on Alien. A hero. Hero. He's yeah. a fucking hero. He's the reason why this movie looks and feels the way it does. Because his production design is hmm. it's, it's just so well-researched. Like, they built teams. They, that set that they walk up the stairs and do stands on top of like that. They built that shit that on the side shit, of the hill. Yeah. yeah you can't, you can't. CGI literally everything, everything yeah. about the way that it looked was uh, fantastic. You know, everything about the, the aesthetic, but it wasn't just the way that it looked. It was the way that your eyes landed on all of the uh-huh. things going on Framed. at once. And, yep. and how it wasn't just the framing, but it was like, the cohesiveness in the in the in the, in the aesthetic mm-hmm. and how everything mm-hmm. really did feel like you said like lived in is the best uh word for it like it actually felt like that world 
And um, even though, even when you That's could tell, even when you could too. tell, like the rock was like some of the rocks were were foam or whatever, or some mm-hmm. of the things looked kind of like props. It's like it really didn't take anything away from because everything looked that way, and it, and it just at that point you just assume that this is just how things are supposed to look in this. This is just how things are here. You know, this doesn't. This isn't our place. This is a different place, and this is just how things look here. And you just accept. Well, it. and you're moving and that through takes it a lot takes like a right. lot like masterful shit to make that work is there another movie that like and i don't say this like facetiously like this is the greatest fucking looking movie of all time like is there another movie that feels like this universe created i mean you brought like, up to you you brought up the original star wars, star wars. that's that's yeah that's the one that springs to mind well, the, the lord of the rings one feels cohesive to me but it's it's got a different quality because it's it's a mix of all these like the thing about these movies is that this shit was all built and is like real and tangible um uh possibly possibly the jim henson stuff like the dark dark crystal labyrinth like honestly oh i would put the henson stuff above lord of the rings just because lord of the rings feels like they didn't have time to go around and like put dirt on the walls and shit like lord yeah. when you're looking at lord of the rings it looks a little too well constructed yeah a little too clean whereas like yeah. you're saying with the conan stuff is like oh that could be a foam rock but like i don't know because their sword swinging fits. so i'm off it yeah uh yeah it's funny like dark crystal and labyrinth both um both feel bigger their world is bigger than their story like I I I like yeah I like Dark Crystal but I don't think it's like the greatest piece of like storytelling ever made but the world mm. that it exists in is incredible never ending story never ending mm. story okay I'll give you never ending story um that's a huge one for me like uh, there's a bunch of switches buttons in that look like they've been pressed for the last fifty years by dirty grubby trucker hands like <laughs> shit like that you know. Yeah, like some of the some of the you could like if there's I've watched the Blu-ray Alien and there's like close-ups of panels where yeah. like some of the words have kind of been rubbed off off yeah the way they've been putting on their thumb you know what I mean like shit like that really does make the difference but sometimes it makes too much of a difference I don't think Conan's set pieces are bigger than the story itself yeah. like you're saying with Dark Crystal some of that shit some of the costume design of Dark Crystal and Labyrinth is like too big for its britches it's incredible. Mm. I'm not trying to take away from it, but it when you're watching it, it's like, oh, this is just too, not too much, but it's too, like, you could tell those designers were just, like, spending eight hours just, like, putting <laughs> weird things on the costumes and the set it, and has lived in, I think. And I'm not trying to defend Conan. I was just, like, curious because I, I really love set design. And production mm-hmm. design, I think it really makes a difference. So if there's other movies that you guys can think of that like have this, you know, because other sort of Beastmaster doesn't, it it tries, but it doesn't yeah. succeed you know, where Conan does and shit like in that. The, in the same sort of um, aesthetic? In the way where it feels cohesive. Like yeah. this, when the characters show up in front of the backdrop, does it look and feel like they're supposed to be interacting with that? Blade, you right. know what I mean? Blade Runner, totally, totally. Yeah. 
not the second one so much i'll do i do love it but the first one absolutely totally yeah i was really pleasantly surprised by the second one anything ridley scott does gets that have you seen his weird ass uh raised by wolves show (laughs) yeah it's not really his it's his son's oh yeah we we were talking about that for a while no he produced but and i'm sure he had some kind of like because it's too ridley scott gnostic for him not to have his fingers in it a little bit yeah he's like he's like well i'll put my name on it if you agree to have something pop out of a woman <laughs> Violent, something something needs to violently burst from a woman or like a we need I like won't be alien able, or like, i won't be like able a to gladiator like gladiator needs to you know, come out of this woman or something like it's something yeah because because what i do is i put vaseline on my dick and put it in reverse and i watch that scene afterwards and that's where my investment goes i'm pretty sure that's ridley scott's whole game because it's in everything he makes <laughs> i think it's very sexual. interested in that isn't it but some of that daniel bannon too a friend of mine brought that up uh and i called him crazy and then like i watched rave by wolves and then i was like Mm -hmm. i think i think bob was right (laughs) and and then like i think back on all the other i'm just like even in even it's like in in all the alien you know he he just keeps bringing it back like like did this still fuck with you because I'm still, right. I'm still, I've still got a boner. That's the only thing I can come up with. Even though he like barely has anything to do with the rest of them, like that that one thing is so potent in the first one mm. that it kind of like has to carry over, you know? Yeah. It's and there's something really like men aren't supposed to give birth, you know? Yeah. Like that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, the man part doing it is is that has its own sort of edge but i feel like they blew their load too soon with it right they should have had the lady do it first yeah. and then save uh, it for like alien three and have it do a man and then you're like oh, no because uh. how nowadays, can you like you can't watch there's there's not another chestburster sequence that i can think of that even comes fucking close to that one that shit is the way it's shot at yeah. a bright light The light on that shit is glaring. The red is so red. Like, and the way they didn't tell anybody on set, like, what was going to happen. They didn't show anybody shit. They were just sitting around and they, and they told the actor, they're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to, you, you just, you go. And then we will follow you and press the buttons. And yeah. no one had any idea that shit was coming. And it is so unsettling. And I don't, I disagree. I think if they had done it with a woman, then when they did it with a man, it would be like, oh, wow. Well. They yeah. did it with a woman, so they have to be a man, like fucking. <laughs> but and he is penetrated, right? Yeah, he is the one who incubates. He is the one who gives birth and dies. Like it's just in seventy fucking eight, seventy nine. Yeah, that shit's not happening, man. It's not happening in film. I was just thinking about how like people are gonna think I'm a bigot because I think it's gross that uh, the idea of a man having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> i just realized we're getting we're getting canceled it's it's finally happening whatever we're gonna for the record for the record the idea of a man having a baby is definitely gross to me i can't i can't i, can't, I am what i am yeah i can't i wouldn't do it when my wife was giving birth i was like i wish i could help you but i, but I guess that's i guess that's the thing is like anytime i hear man i think of like uh, someone with a, a penis like I think of it as being the sex not the gender because I don't I don't actually that's, I don't yeah I, th- I think I don't actually believe gender exists I think that's where I'm what at. is a man yeah what I is a man I think gender is entirely made up and I think man and woman are the sexes and all the rest is fake 
<laughs> and well, it's fine. Hood, it's fine to choose I, to be whatever you want, but like, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Nobody. Nobody should care at all. I'm glad you brought this up because this is something I want to point out in Conan too that I've been thinking about a lot because I've had my quarterly existential crisis, which is right on time every three. <laughs> like quarterly every week because that's. And I've been thinking about this idea. Like, oh, sorry. Quarterly. No, every cut out, three months. You know, <laughs> quarterly existential crisis, you know, once every three months. I'm like, fuck, man, here's another aspect of existence that I didn't consider fully. <laughs> so now let's do it right now to the detriment of all your friends and family. So this one has been like, what is a man? And it's like, so I read Sans Talk, right? Tyson Young Porter says, I cannot be initiated into manhood because my tribe lost the right. So like, are do men exist in this society? And who makes them men if they don't have that lineage? And Conan is not ever at any point like inducted into this. Everything he does is almost childlike because he is essentially a child. No one's uh, led him into manhood because what is a man? Like, how do you even get there? His yeah. tribe is dead. Like he's lost the right. If Tyson, Yonka, Porta and Conan are both children. Have more lineage than I do. Like, how do I get through man and woman and like what does this mean and does is conan like does he make himself a man somehow through his actions or like uh, how does that come about because it's never really addressed i think this is a really important conversation uh or point uh i, I appreciate I, I think, it because i've been bombing everybody with it because it's been really driving me crazy well i think i think conan does uh become a man through his own uh course through life as initiation because I think that it's it is initiation okay. it is initiation that does that, and and like manhood okay. is this it's it's a role, uh it has infinite variations, but it's still like a some kind of self identifying role, so uh, self identifying for sure. But when but someone in a village, but so, no, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I didn't yeah. interrupt. I don't I don't so want like to take it, it apart line by line. If someone if someone's doing uh, if if like you're saying um, we had the right. The right infrastructure in our societal like in our in our culture to where our community um took us and embraced us and welcomed us into adulthood whatever like sex gender no matter what the fuck you are right there's something there right. for you um to welcome you into the responsibility of being in charge of your own life and being sovereign but mm. that doesn't mm. have to that doesn't necessarily have to come from that like it isn't as good it's never going to be as good coming from elsewhere but you well, can, you can't you can't ever say like I'm a man if you didn't go through these certain initiation rituals. But adult might be a different. I disagree. Different I think it, I okay. think that the the intensity of the initiation doesn't have to be all at once and and in this one specific way. I think that through trial and tribulation, something can show you what you are, cause you to lose your fear and your hangups, and mold you into someone who understands what this this role actually is. And and there might be other role models okay. along the way other role models along the way that fill that uh fill in the gaps for you where you can pull from um but i i definitely i i completely agree with what you're saying but i think that conan becomes a man through his trials and through the choices he makes and through going from uh someone who's uh yeah i don't know the, 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 yeah you, well, there are arguably there are three or maybe you know what maybe he does patterns maybe maybe he, right. maybe, he, maybe he, he goes on to become right. a conqueror because he never becomes a man I don't know. I haven't seen the next movie. That's uh, well. The the next movie is okay, but movie. it doesn't really kind of follow it. Destroyer's okay. I like it. It's like more in like the sword sorcery vein, but like 
what I'm kind of thinking of is like, I was talking to Tim about this actually. And he's the one who presented to me like, look, there's in certain places, man means this, and it comes from this lineage. So man is not something you become, it's something you are made. And other people have to have to say like, that you, I say this is right. And we don't have that. I don't, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Like I don't have a family or a tribe like doing that for me. I never had. So I, I, when I face this question core, I have this question every two years or so, but like this time it's like really trying to point out that like, there are certain initiations that you go through and arguably like Conan has, Conan has three literal descents into the earth in this movie. The first time when he goes to gets the Atlantean sword from the king, the second time when he dies, and the third time when he descends into the mountain, right? Mm. He goes down into Doom's Mountain. So there's like these three initiation roles, not to mention whatever happened in the bunkhouse when they were done on the Wheel of Pain for the day or whatever. And not to mention like that that first when the the opening credit sequence, the opening the first shot is the uh, is lava. And right, Conan, Conan is up in the corner. It's not even centered. It's not it's not the important point. The important point is the sword. So like he has that initiation, but he's never really presented as a man. So I'm wondering if all this childlike affect, all this childlike kind of rage and want for vengeance, right? Um, which is arguably okay because emotional clearing I think is great. All these tools for like making sure are great. But if you chop my mom's head off, I'm gonna chop your head off. Right. Mm. So I wonder, I'm wondering if like all these things point to him having been initiated like in this specific way, because fighting is something you do as boys do. That very well could be. Um, and I, I think those are that, very keen observations here. How, um, but when it comes to when it comes to what you said about um, it being something you are made from someone who is family, what is family? are okay if plants right. grew if plants grew on rocks because mushrooms crawled out of the sea fungus crawled out of the sea and turned rocks into soil for plants and then later mammals and then us if the materialist explanation is the way that it is right. um then that's family so what is and 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 how often are spirits actually the guardian spirit of the family or tribe actually the one that's initiating you that night mm. so sure sure so who's to say that you need the family to get in touch with the initiating spirit of your family or you need some kind of lineage is what i'm saying I, it doesn't necessarily have to you be have a family a although you have a lineage although like just because they're dead doesn't mean they're not there. Says, you killed my father you killed my mother you killed my people another three right like all this he doesn't have anyone to bring him through and i really like what you're saying because it really reframes it for me because i genuinely have been wrestling with this. like what is a fucking man like mm. what is this and is Conan like and i i had a therapist a year or two ago and she was like well what is it like what do you where do you see a model and I'm, the only answer i could come up with was like fucking the conan story honestly and i don't know how corny and like haha that sounds but like, if you really go through those stories, like he is kind of lost in this world, but he does things and he's 
he's like self-reliant, but he's also emotionally available enough. And he's also like strong-willed enough that he can take care of himself and other people. And there's all these things that he like kind of does. But when you ask somebody on the street, like, what is a man? What they're going to tell you is like, a man is somebody who takes care of his family and puts food on the table and provides. What they what they're telling you, it's a person in relation to other people, and like you're doing things for other people. So it's if Conan is literally by himself running through the world, like who are his other people that can bring him through these things? And is it just this series of slavers and trainers and p- partner thieves and enemies that like? really coalesce him into Conan? Like, does he become a man? Is he a man? Was, well, okay, so it's interesting because, um, right, he's the only one that can take out Dulce Doom because he can get hypnotized right. and then break the hypnotization. And the other thing is, is that, like, he sets free all of Dulce Doom's followers doing that. And and that's that's one of the interesting things about him and, and like, kind of, like, touching on the like Saturn stuff a bit. So Fulsa Doom is a very Saturnian character. And in, and in fact, and in fact, he sets up his own demise <laughs> by killing Conan's parents and everything. So you again have that, that, that return, that, right. that thing. But what's interesting though, is that uh, Conan doesn't do the Jupiterian thing. He doesn't slay Fulsa Doom and then take over his cult. He just destroys right. it. And by destroying right. it, he sets all those people free. So, there's there's an aspect of this that where where those people aren't necessarily his tribe, but he is acting on their behalf through his own. It, mm. it is through his own kind of selfishness in in, in some regard, but still right. there there is a greater good done by by what he does. You could the view paradox, it. the paradox of him freeing them was his slavery, mm-hmm. because arguably the reason he has a will to break through this magnetic power is because he wants vengeance, because he has a blood. He has, he wants, he wants vengeance for his blood. Yeah. Like he killed my mother. You killed my father. You killed my people. He took my sword. <laughs> and, and, and in fact, I mean, I think you could probably make, make a argument that that is the, that is the first time when he's not a slave is that moment. Right. Right. And it's, it's right. him breaking these bonds and, and all these different moments with a severed sword. So I'm wondering like, can adulthood manhood be conferred and quote-unquote ancestrally and i think we were talking about this in a room the other night because the homie zamboni funk zam zam was talking about elders and i kind of bristled at it because like there's nothing these boomers have really done that that represents like what elders have done but ancestors go through the right of death and that confers upon them ancestorship where elders don't go through these rights because we don't go through these adult rights Mm-hmm. So I bristle more at, at, at elders than I do at ancestors, but is there a way that ancestors, and some of them could not be well, but is there a way that they can bring you through spiritually, quote unquote? Well, I, 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 can, I can only speak for myself. I have, I have experienced what it told me was an initiation, which was, mm-hmm. I, I did Yahe, which is a variation of ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, yeah. And uh, the my final day was I was in such a place of abject terror. Like I was scared, I, the most scared I've ever been in my entire life, the most isolated I've ever felt in my entire life. I, I kind of knew what, um, I felt like I knew what being a paranoid schizophrenic was. The whole world was sinister. Mm-hmm. And 
there was a moment uh, I had I had asked the shaman to bless me to help me because I was like I was searching for some way to get to break out of this. I was like, I don't know why I am in this place, but I just I can't get rid of it and I can't escape it. And um, it was probably at the absolute worst moment during that this like this grinding impossible like uh, terror that the shaman came out and finally blessed me and when it did there was like this um well one of the things is like i i kind of saw this like octopoid thing like mechanical octopoid thing getting ripped off and like thrown way off into the mm. horizon and vanished oh, yeah. away and then i was surrounded by all these like ancestral spirits and it was the most beautiful uplifting thing i had ever felt in my entire life and the thing that they were saying is that you're initiated now so interesting which what does that mean i don't know but but there's there is um so even if you can't find it within it is a po it is possible it is possible in this world you're just not necessarily good. you're not going to get it from boomers right right, right exactly what yeah, you're talking no doubt. about like no doubt. like there, there there is a and i and there is kind of right that's always an argument about our culture in general is that we we fetishize being children and being teenagers it's all about youth man and there's yeah. yeah yeah that's also true yo and yeah. and um and the th and like it's t like I, ha I have a therapist too and i've talked about we we've had a long discussion about like when are you an adult right like doesn't feel like there's when? a lot of yeah there's doesn't feel like there's a lot of adults around i right? know people my age collecting like collecting hundred dollar toys right like yeah. there's a booming industry of like collectible toys and like adults watching card cartoon for adults, like it's arguably very childish. Mm -hmm. I but think that the things it's childish they like necessarily is, bad. I, Go I ahead, think sorry. That the things that they like the 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 cartoons and things aren't aren't what's childish. It's the way people treat each other and the way that they act socially. Uh, okay. The way they speak That's and the way they the way they handle their emotions. Like people mm, don't take fair. oh any, yeah. Like people take zero responsibility for emotions anymore. They 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 literally, if someone triggers them, they attack. Like you need to change. Like when yeah. when someone's when you're triggered, that's that's those are giant neon arrows pointing towards like you need healing work done. You need to work on you. You have work to do. And like yeah, if you if you can't take the risk of being around people that might hurt your feelings because that's gonna fuck you up that's actually something you need to navigate uh right it's i mean i agree it, it sucks, i totally agree and true. if you look at if you look at people who call themselves men like the ways that they arguably perform that are really childish <laughs> yes yes it's awful it's and the that, that is really ironic to me so is is it a difference of like is it really just mincing words like there's man woman but there's adult like we're looking for more adult than we're looking to become like men no because I, I would i would say i would say there's there's an adult man like i think that is a very that's a specific thing that that is um uh, what, is it? what are the characteristics of this thing i mean it it is that that is the real question and i think yeah. i think some of it is um uh, part of it is I, I personally sort of believe part of it is responsibility and okay. it's, it's being like, you're talking about, like, you're responsible for the collective to a certain degree. 
it's you're responsible to your relations it's your relations yeah so like let me put it this way what does conan do in this movie that you would point to what you're saying like there's an adult man like Mm -hmm. what does conan do in this movie that like points towards him being that not a rhetorical question. Genuinely curious. Like, yeah, no, because, no, it is because it is it's, a, it's easier to use this thing since we're talking about this movie. Things could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think he. Well, so I, based on what we've been saying, he's probably not an adult man until after Thulsa Doom is dead, mm, right? So okay. we, we, I don't even arguably we don't even see him being as quote unquote as a man until like that's a whole other movie like this okay. is the whole movie is just him getting to this initiatory point and like right. the the thing with him sitting on the steps right after he's killed Thulsa Doom and has seen thinking about all the cringy shit he said shit. yeah and then like all the like and then watching <laughs> watching that cult disperse yeah you could say that maybe because then because then like right he becomes a king later on right yeah and eventually he does eventually so so that and a king here's the thing we we tend to i think we have a fucked up idea about what that is too like what a king is i agree we we totally agree because i if you talk to people who do leadership shit they're they're like nah it's not like i get to do anything i want it's that i have to navigate all these needs of all these people yeah and like that's that's the stepping into responsibility and that's like i think we talked about this with the devils right that's like true that's true power power is not like i get to tell everybody what the fuck to do power is like power is holding the ship together yes and and like making making the greater good possibly like trying for that it doesn't always work out but it's trying for that. So I so it's think like this concept of true will, where do what that will should be the whole law. It's not do whatever the fuck you want. That's yeah. the rule. It's yeah. like, you have to find what you're here to do in your will. And that, right. They find it and then they die or whatever the fuck, or they don't find it. But I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what you're talking about. It's like their task is to find that yeah. for yourself. Yeah. It's not do whatever you want. It's not this power lorded over others. It's like the responsibility of like going through and trying to find what you're supposed to be doing and how you step into that role. Oh. It's funny because the next movie, Destroyer, is actually he is hired to take this childlike princess like to this other kingdom to get married. So he's arguably playing this like weird father protector role. Mm. So the initiation at the end of this movie and then him stepping into that is really interesting. And I've never thought about it like that. Mm. Thank you for like teasing this out with me too, because I have been genuinely curious, like what people's takes are. Well, yeah, like, what, I think what it's is, weird. Like there, there isn't necessarily anything exclusively different about man versus woman in my mind. Okay. About the roles, like um, except for birth and nurturing in that way, but that's like, a big one. <laughs> there's, there's like again canceled, ha. <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, I said in my mind, and I'm old fashioned as fuck. So I, I <laughs> that's just how it is. But like, so I, I think that 
that the difference is that there's there's masculine and feminine in everyone and there's there are varying proportions of each and there's like um i don't know like what distinctly makes man versus anything else like i just know right. it when i feel it or when i see it which okay. is very very fucking rare you know what i mean i've, but I've definitely been around dudes who have been like that's a man for sure well right mm. right and then there's something about it and, and one thing i will say is um like i i would think of compassion as being um something a great woman holds and grace and i would think of um honor and mm. i mean also grace and compassion but like i think of honor as being like something that is a very masculine man trait um adult man okay. um where there's there's like you a camper for that one um and, and also <laughs> chivalry <laughs> also the uh the the tactful and graceful ability to be like lovingly violent if necessary to a subordinate yeah i was gonna say yeah. that there there's there's a um a like masculine... sometimes somebody just needs to get hit and yeah so well, that they stop fucking around i, and, I agree yeah like, I, agree. And I don't mean I, I, I don't mean like friends and family i mean like if you had like a soldier that was under you and they're fucking around like risking others lives because they're not yeah. taking you seriously sometimes somebody gets their ass beat and it and it's corrective and and like, and, the, and the, don't like to accept that violence can actually have its place and the, and the thing is is that that too is a form of compassion right but it's yeah. it's it's not you don't want them not, to get hurt yeah and it's but it's not a feminine it's not the feminine compassion the feminine compassion is like i'm gonna hold you and take care of you and keep you warm and safe while you like well, you stir and work this out. Masculine compassion well, is like, I, what the fuck are you doing? I would disagree. I would disagree. Yeah. I would say the feminine I compassion. Think, I would yeah. say the feminine compassion is more. Um, I'm going to sit quietly and watch you fall on your ass again. Oh, and sure. Smile and like let you remember that I told you not to do the thing. And you look okay. Over that and see that, me that yeah, you're like, you're right. That's that's closer to the the feminine version of the same masculine trait. Yeah, yeah. So like a more. Yeah. You're saying you're saying feminine compassion is like a more passive. It's it's like Wiser. more more clever and more perceptive. Um, and I think the masculine is more direct and it's Step more um, and more forceful, but uh, but also like sometimes which is know, interesting because the only person the only person who saves Conan in this movie is who Valeria, yeah, and twice, mm. right. Like she, she saves him. She fights off three evil spirits trying to take him. There's, there it is again. <laughs> and she shows up again in the Battle of the Mound. Oh as, yeah, as a Valkyrie this time and saves him <laughs> again. So it's like, yeah, it's funny how this movie also plays with those gender roles. Like you see Conan, he's muscly, he's burly, he's a man, but like he's kind of just getting by as much as a child can. Yeah, he doesn't know anything. Like the first thing he sees of the world is combat and then a witch. <laughs> so a witch tries to cook him up. If you uh if you ever do Help. and love yeah. Oh I'm sorry, you froze out and I thought you were done. Um no, go ahead. That's happened like a, a hundred times this talk. So I uh sorry. No, I'm sorry for every time it sounds like I'm interrupting you. I'm just like I didn't hear anything for a minute, but um I uh if you do end up checking out Berserk, like 
the uh there's like three movies and then two seasons on hbo um the the movies are on netflix yeah Yeah. if you watch those i'd love to talk about those with you like like hit me up because okay you you know the moment that the initiation happens (laughs) (laughs) okay like there's no mistaking that's funny and he's still very innocent and childlike afterwards, but there's a difference in, and it, and even after, here's the thing, mm. even after the initiation, and here's something a lot of people don't talk about, there's this really horrible, awkward adjustment period where you're fucking mm. off kilter yeah. and doing yeah. shit you wouldn't yeah. normally do. Yeah. Like, cause I, I had a similar situation to Kurt's, except it was mushrooms and, and it wasn't the, the mushrooms themselves. It was, someone else that i still don't know exactly who but some very big spirit that was um i pretty certain is connected to one of my lineages at this point and it was very obviously and very directly an initiation of some sort no idea what the fuck that means or what what it was right um and there was weird symbolic things told to me that at the time sounded like i was being trolled and then later ended up being like metaphorically very accurate in other mm. ways and it was like a like oh that was actually all benefic even though some of it seemed terrifying and sinister uh that sounds like a very big brother father thing to do yeah except it was uh female and um felt like m- some kind of mother type because mm. yeah i actually i i feel like my like spirit self is more feminine and like this is this this time around I'm learning to be better at being a man because I've been one before, but did it really violently and badly. And, mm-hmm. and then I think I was probably made to be a woman for a while. And now I'm trying to be a good <laughs> man. Um, mm. That's like what I've picked up on from my, my past that's life. Shit. Just like little bits, but. Yeah. I have a theory that people don't like the second and third matrix movies because of what you're saying. Like after your initiation, you just, you can't, it's hard to integrate. And yeah. that's what he deals with the, the second and third movies, and no one's willing to that's see that. That's not why I don't like, like they, but <laughs> they just want to see Luke Skywalker come through all mature Jedi. Like we're not ready to see like that enlightenment is, is not a point event. Enlightenment, yeah. Village, you got to fucking integrate it somehow, and people are really uncomfortable with that. So they come up with a bunch of other reasons why they don't, why they don't, oh, well, I don't like it because the story's in blah, blah, blah. No, I think it, I think people are just really viscerally so uncomfortable with the ability of somebody to take on Jesus-like powers and still have to like uh, fumble around in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, my opinion. Well, it's, I, I actually, it's really true because I, and, and, the, and what both of you are saying is like, the initiation isn't a one point thing. It's not like you walk through the door and then it's done. It's like an ongoing right. unfolding thing that continues to develop. And, um, and it, it is really funny because, cause you're right. There is a, the, I, I remember the day I, I like, I went back to work like two days later after this event and I was like, what the fuck is all of this? Yeah. What is reality? Yeah. I don't even like everything felt like, turned 90 degrees from where it was it, it's just <laughs> like abstracted and like photoshopped together yeah or just yeah just and like, stupid yeah and just stupid why am i doing this after i saw this yeah like why are we well, still okay. doing this that's what i think the point is is it's like it's it's literally something grabbing you and going 
this is how fucking serious and real shit really, really is. And then afterwards, you're like, I can never go back to normal now. So I, <laughs> no, so I you can't. I always have to keep one eye on what the spirit stuff is or what these things are doing, you know, like what's going on on this side of things. That's the initiation. It's the like, now you have a double life because you understand yep. there's other stuff too that you have to pay attention to because it's more real than this stuff. Now carry all this. Right. Yeah. Now go back to carry. work. Now go to the grocery store. <laughs> now, now, no, now you have to carry both. <laughs> get, ab- get abducted by a UFO, get taken. You go in the command room, you see eight different fucking alien species flying this thing around. They're like, hey, sorry, we weren't supposed to take you. We'll show you around. And then they send you back. Now go to the grocery store. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? We expect people to do this shit. We don't have a framework for it. Yeah. So, And I think that's another reason we've backed away from the initiation into adulthood. It's because, like, you're expected to grind 40 hours a fucking week minimum. Mm. And that's who you can eat. That's who you can have shelter. Yeah. You don't get shit else on top of that. You have to do it. So if we did all these other things and we realized that, like, our ancestors surround us all the time, now go work. Yeah. You know, people wouldn't do it. People wouldn't do it in mass. The whole, the whole year that I was 18, I, I drove, like, 35, 40 minutes to work every day. and worked 40 hours and I cried all the way to work and all the way back because mm-hmm. every day all I could think about was like this is it I've done it this is real yep. this is the, they want me to do this just to have a roof and water and food for 40 yep. hours a week that's and like, it rest have your no life energy baby to, to do anything that I care about ever yep and um what you're talking about yeah that's when i was when i was saying the message is like literally this movie is a bomb to my soul like i love that beginning part where it's just conan in his furs and a sword and that's it that's his fucking reality that's how he's going about the world there's not some fucking big social structure that he's adhering to or anything it's like this and it's why I think outlaws, like the whole outlaw, like motor, motorcycle, totally. like, that's why they're obsessed with totally. this because, because that's what Conan is like living outside. He's, he's outside of all of that shit. Yeah. And it's, and it's this really almost beautifully Absolutely. pure uh, moment where you're just like, you're running through the countryside with a sword and that's it. Like, it's amazing. That's it. You don't even have a horse. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a Western, except you look like a dummy because you're just running. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you, gotta watch <laughs> Do you know what I'm like and and it's this like western idea of like these people out on the range and all they have to survive is this and yeah. that's really present in the books too like in the stories like he there's a couple scenes where he makes sure that he tells you like howard makes sure that he tells you that conan like hunted for this shit yeah <laughs> like he's been out here setting some traps because this motherfucker's hungry like he mm. says that he's not some superhuman dude who's just like full all the time he's a thief yeah he hunts he steals he has he does what he has to do and yeah there's something really alluring about that which might be another reason go on so hard to sword and sorcery in the 80s and mm. outlaw biker shit in the 60s and 70s because mm. like capitalism was really starting to cramp down like the 40-hour work week was really like starting to be a realization on people's minds after they've been smoking weed and doing acid in the 60s and 
Like, I think that shit really took off because of that for all these reasons. Yeah. And like, we don't have men, so we're all just going to play as children and get on motorcycles and we're all going to wear the same patches and (laughs) fuck you. We're out of here, man. It's just like, it's, it's very childish. It's very free. Cause that's what you did when you remember when you were a kid, like, we're going to go play. We just would like run around the fucking area. We just run. Yeah. So we had yeah. bikes, you know, <laughs> and it you like you look back on that nostalgia because I'm smiling about it. I remember doing dumb shit, and like we don't like we're expected to be adults. It's never put on us. the lines and shit. I think. Say say that again. Yeah. It's like we're expected to be adults, but. You, you we're expected to be adults but like no we no one ever brings us across that line yeah so like we're adults but we still want to do kid shit so these things like intermingle because no one's like work we we have to work to eat but like because like there's no adults around to give us food anymore so we're mm. just trying to figure out that line mm-hmm. and there's no one there to tell us so we watch movies like conan and we're like that's pure that's free that's yeah that's the way to do it you know yeah what it's it's interesting because a lot of that outlaw biker culture supposedly came from veterans, I think from World War Two. Fuck yeah. Coming back and like shell shocked. Uh, and like it. not they just don't want like fuck this society basically and like yeah. How... <laughs> liberated Auschwitz. You walked into Dachau and set all those motherfuckers free and saw the instruments of torture and saw what had happened to these people and saw the pile of bodies and now you got to come back and get a job that's that's yeah. what's going on like recently too with like the iraq war veterans and shit i feel really strongly about this like we after those dudes fought we would put them on commercial airliners and send them back and then they they would get home and have to go to walmart because they ain't got shit in their pantry I'm like yeah. how are they supposed to do that back in the day when you went to war you all 300 of your fucking band or whatever you marched there and you fought and you marched back. And when you came back, you were with each other. You had that chance to decompress. You had that. And when you got home, you were still a soldier. You reported to your garrison. You didn't have to go back to work. Like w- the way these things are fractured nowadays is just doing us in very deeply, mm. in my opinion. Mm. It's like going to war and seeing what you saw and like being abducted would both be just so fucking traumatic on your mind. Yeah. Like that's one of those experiences, right? Watching your mom Ted get cut off. And then he cuts his head off and he sits, he has to sit there for a minute. He's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna chill for a minute. You know, because there's no we need to decompress and we're not allowed that. Yeah, they used to be so shell shocked coming back from World War II, man. And that's when you really see like the body snatcher movies taking off communism and these soldiers coming back and they're just like not there but their bodies are operating so how do we explain that and there's all kinds of crazy shit that came out of that yeah there's um it's interesting i I, i've heard people talk about that um that's also why star trek doesn't make any sense anymore because Mm -hmm. you you didn't have the people that originally wrote that served in the military so they sort of had actual experience with like, oh, here's here's difficult situations, and here's how you deal with the chain of command, and blah 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 blah. Mm. We do we don't we don't have that anymore. 
Like those people yeah. are all gone. So, and they're not the ones generally writing this shit anymore. It's all like right. fucking Harvard writing program graduates and shit. <laughs> it's like yeah, totally, totally. You don't you don't have like people like Milius anymore. Yeah. That dude was just an iconoclast, man. Like he just was. He ran his sets like generally. Like there's there's um, I think it's on the documentary. His documentary where they're talking about the making of Conan. And that's Arnold's first movie. And Milius is like, you stand here and say this. Ready, go. Okay, now step forward and swing your sword. Everything Schwarzenegger did was dictated by mouth by Milius, which you don't do. You don't. But the people like James and Max von Sydow, <laughs> Max Sydow, you know, of Bergman fame, who fucking ripped the yeah. TV part, like ripped the black hole in this movie was acting. And you can tell he took these. Jerry, Jerry, the guy who plays Subutai, not an actor. He's a surfer. Never been in a movie yeah. before or since. Dude. And the Valeria is like on that level. So you can tell that Milius said, get over here, stand here. And he said, Max, go. <laughs> and they were just like, you could tell he ran the set like this. And with James Earl Jones, he wouldn't give him that direction. Hmm. So there aren't these people who are willing to, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I can't say that for sure, but like, it doesn't seem to be from the performances that I've seen that people are w really willing to like give their actors a little bit more leeway. They like, treat their actors like some of their actors like children, right? Conan's a child, adult doing as an adult, and the way they're in, and the way they come across through their characters, I think is very stark and very interesting and remarkable. Wait, you know, it's actually funny because also, uh, what is his name? Uh, Rex and uh, they Rexor. were both like Rexor and then Thorgrim. Thorgrim. They're both like football yeah. players. Yeah. Like they're not actors. Yeah. And, no. and they were and, in movies after that, but yeah. Oh, that's. Uh, but it's it's amazing because Milius gets these two performances by these like heavyweights, James Earl mm -hmm. Jones and. Um, and they it's like that's all you need like that's it yeah Rexor and Thorgrim don't have lines yeah <laughs> other than like get him yeah <laughs> and there's like there's a they literally don't have lines like go back and check there's one said something like blood and thunder eternal war but it's like <laughs> it's like a voiceover like the character doesn't actually his mouth isn't moving and there's there's remarkable stretches of this movie that are silent. Mm. There's a score and there's some sound effects, and that's it. Oh my god, the score! The score is one of the best fucking like movie scores ever, ever made. It's ever. so fucking good. And they used they went back and picked instruments that they would have had back then, like the oldest instruments. Like oh, we found the Sumerian lyre and we like remade it and we use these sounds. So they're using old drums. They're using all these old like. I don't know if they were synthesizing sounds or like actually getting them out of instruments, but yeah. they really tried to keep that missing sound with the music too. And it really showed. It really showed. Yeah. Those the, drum this... beats at the beginning over, yeah. over the, oh. in the beginning, in the years before the, oh, it's like, fuck, <laughs> this is so tight. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta head out, Rev. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably wrap soon. I mean, it's been two and a half. Oh shit! Thanks for listening to me rant about going after two hours. I love it. 
I no, love it. Great. I was so this excited exactly to do this. Like what the show is about is like I we want to have people on who are just fucking like crazy nuts about the thing that they love and just let them talk about it or whatever it is they you know. And well, thank and you we, so much for the opportunity. Like it means a lot that oh, I got yeah. this. So thank you. It's yeah, been so fun. Uh, absolutely. And we have to do Mandy, especially if you feel as passionate uh, yeah. about man. <laughs> I'll do Mandy. I don't. There's not as much as Mandy, but I'm gonna. I'll go for it. Like I love that movie, man. I'd really. Me do. too. <laughs> right on. Thank you guys again. I I really love the show, and I hope you keep doing it for a while. Absolutely. Is there any? Did you did you want to plug anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um go watch my movies which gold shit shit it froze if you go unholy you mountain out, on youtube you'll find it i'm always cutting out they don't want they don't want you watching my movies <laughs> go to witchcult-intl.com and check that one out i have another one on youtube if you look up unholy mountain uh it's kind of like a red and green cover click that it's a couple minutes long i'm just trying to make movies man i want to make a conan movie and like this was cool to do thank you <laughs> yeah, yeah this was awesome go check his shit out and we'll put we'll put links in the show notes for you cheers, cheers. all right awesome. hail crush your fucking enemies <laughs> hail crom hail crom <laughs> yours slats slats slats